0: dampen the spirits for the fans of this morning's college world series game
1: the sacrifices that we personally made to be here are incredible my wife's boyfriend sold his prosthetic leg on craigslist to afford me the opportunity to be here but they get alone time and i get a chance to be in omaha terry
2: powell tim and tom just i can't take
3: anymore i'm done i'm done i'm tired of trump gaslighting the country trying to convince us that he fixed a problem that he created himself
4: yeah yeah tired of it
3: stop gaslighting us you created this and then you want some type of pat on the back because you fixed it meanwhile 2500 kids still will not see their parents tomorrow you jerk
4: and maybe ever you know what i mean like they don't have record of these people they don't have like right yeah
3: Mm -mm. the ones that i mean good god think about the children who were taken that are too young to speak right there were there was kids taking there was one account of a mom breastfeeding and they took the child away while she was breastfeeding
4: i'd say i'm shocked but I'm, I'm almost not And i haven't encountered anybody yet although uh somebody in my family i don't really go on the facebook anymore tom uh we've discussed this somewhat on the show but my wife sent me you know like an interaction somebody said there was over you know ever how many Hundreds of thousands of kids uh separated from their active duty military parents and my wife being nice was like well come on those are two entirely different scenarios that we're discussing she showed me that and i was just like are you kidding me because i'm not gonna go on there and say and you know what i mean this thing to this person because i'm just done with that but like to me i was like how can you even try to pass that off as being the same thing they weren't forcibly removed they weren't marched around and told when and where to go to the bathroom taken away from their parents that they might not ever see they were paid they were paid right and like there's just so many other scenarios and it started making me mad because like you're not an immigration this is what we talked about before too because then he later posted uh you know like uh remember the good old days when you could have an opinion and nobody got offended and i was just like that's not what's happening here right like You're passing off a human rights problem issue as the same thing as geographical military family separation. And it's when you don't know anything about immigration, immigration policies uh, from a country standpoint, or military family separation, right? Like, your opinion doesn't matter on this. So it's just nonsense, and it's worthy of being called out. And people, like, if you can't take a step back and look at that, just all you got to do is look at some of these pictures and see these people in cages being marched around in tent cities and just recognize that, Hey, we're doing that. Right? Like, you know what I mean? Like we're, this is what we do now. And if you like, if, if that's not enough to finally make you go, Oh, all right, we got to stop. Then I don't know how we go forward from that.
3: I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it for two reasons. One, I'm tired of, first off, let me back up. If you're, if you're not a decent person, you will find, some type of problem with this. If you just, like you said, look at a photo, yeah. you should have empathy for a fellow human, yeah, human
4: human being. Yeah. Right? Again, so here's the thing with this too, right? I, I was going off on this rant earlier to no one in general, right? My family even, just because we were all talking about it and they all understand they're decent human beings and they agree. Um, like, it's that these people, we, we, Tom, and anybody born here and anybody sister we didn't have that problem right we didn't have to seek asylum here we didn't have to uh you know what i mean cross a border to get in here to find a way to make some sort of life right anything that that we have is because we happen to be born here by sheer luck you know what i mean like you weren't born in mexico you weren't born in uh, guatemala you weren't born in rwanda right you weren't born in yep. these places and then having to come here so you already should somewhat humble yourself and think about that right like nope, understand why nope. they're coming here right? Understand why they're trying Um, to come here and understand how we even got here. You know, we showed up and jackbooted some folks out that were already there and murderously treated them, because that's a word, right? Murderously. Uh, So, at least most of them are coming here trying to just work. You've got to calm down here and look at what's happening. And we're yanking young children from parents and families like, "Who who are you if you have any sort of support for that, and you try to liken so, it to military, you know what I mean? Like just people. God.
3: Well, the last time that we did something like this that I can remember was during World War II when we were uh, imprisoning the Japanese, and even then we kept families together. Mm-hmm. I unfortunately did get invo- involved in two different uh, little Facebook mm-hmm. back and forths just because it was the stupidest it's, thing in the world. I mean, it's, it's, it is. It's mental masturbation. It's just getting off on yep. making yourself feel good. But this That's one feels
4: worthy of doing it.
3: Right. Uh, but it, here, here's my biggest problem with the argument against putting people and children specifically in cages. Well, I have two problems with this whole argument one i don't care if the kids are being taken to disneyland and they're hanging out playing the newest playstation game and Fortnite and fill in the blank with all the coolest things that the kids like to do you are forcibly taking away a child from their parent everything gets old and mundane and boring and sad when your parent is not with you i don't care if goofy himself is walking in reading children's stories to all these kids they are still forcibly being taken away from their parents stop that stupid argument second and this is the dumbest one and this is the one that's get you gets used across the board and it's the stupidest freaking argument in the world well what about and then fill in the blank what about what about President Clinton and President Obama and President Bush uh, putting this policy together. That doesn't matter. All you're doing is distracting from the real issue. It doesn't yeah. solve anything. Yeah, you know what aboutism is? Yeah. What is? This is how you use what about is you distract from the original argument. But that's not logical in any sense. Mm-hmm. Tim, if I killed someone, I can't go tell my attorney, hey, I know I killed someone, but bring up, what about Charles manson yeah you know what he did
4: at least i didn't do that that. right
3: Right. you don't do that that distracts from the point so the whataboutism where you're bringing up something else in the past or something irrelevant you're just murking the waters and not addressing the real issue and then the second thing i don't care like i said if this is the nicest place in the world and laura Ingram, you trash person i know you'll Mm -hmm. never hear this Mm -hmm. but you are a trash person yeah, I told her she's a trash person on Twitter. Uh, That's Why not? Um, I don't care if it is a summer camp, which it is not. But if it is, a child is being forcibly taken away from their parent. You know what kind of psychological damage that does? Yeah. You idiot. You yeah. imbecile, idiot, trash <laughs> human.
5: Yeah. yeah.
3: You, are, you are despicable. You are horrible. And by God, I hope all the worst things in the world happen to you at a slow rate consistently so that you understand what these people are going through. Yeah. You devil.
4: Yeah. You know what I do to people in these situations now is I've taken your advice. I don't do this except when it's in person. Right. So I do it less frequently because people aren't as bold to say stuff like what, what you're talking oh, yeah. about to your to your, to people's faces, which ought to let them know already yeah, you can't say it to you, your face uh-huh. yeah so now uh the number two here is like the the idea behind the whole well, what about clinton what about obama and their policies is i've just started telling everybody right now like hey man i am not make you're making this a political party argument i'm not you know what i'd like to see right now snap our fingers and political parties are gone so we can actually have a decent, normal conversation. So let's do that, right? Let's let's talk about the elected leaders we have in place right now, right now, right now. And what message do you want them to hear? Do you want them to hear that you think it's okay that we put some people in cages and rip them away from their family members. Are you okay with us doing that? It's a very simple yes or no, right? I don't ki- You are, there is not a whole lot of gray area. If you can give me an interesting gray area complexity argument to this, I'd like to hear it, right? But we are talking about mass uh, separation of families strictly for them trying to enter the country. It's wrong. You know what I mean? Like in any sort of yeah. moral code you follow, any sort of denomination you follow whatsoever, you find me the single denomination or non-faith that is out there saying, that's awesome. You know what or I mean? Okay. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. They all are shocked and appalled at it. Yeah. Well,
3: something. when someone brings up the whataboutism, and this is just some advice that I got, so I'll pass it along to anyone who will listen. But if anyone wants to bring up whataboutism, direct the conversation back to the issue and just ask them. So you support putting people in cages. Well, what about Obama? Cause Obama did this when, uh, immigrants would come across and one of them would have a misdemeanor. Do you support putting people in cages? That's the only issue.
4: Yeah, that's the, it's a very simple thing to me. Obama's not here. Do you, this is what I'm saying. Like we have elected leaders now that we've got to get a message to. And the message they're hearing from you is, it's okay that we do that to some people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. those people, that's okay with you. And that's, hey man, if that's okay with you, awesome. Say it out loud. I want to hear well, you say not it. It's not awesome. You're a, it's you're not a awesome. scum person. It's but not yeah, awesome, it. right? But at least oh. own it, and then I can say, oh, so we agree that you're a scum person then, right? Like, yep, because. Exactly. Yeah, because because I'm, sure you out, have, I'm sure cause... you have some sort of moral code, and I can't imagine that that was okay in it. Yeah,
3: and these same people, and I'm generalizing here because there are people that don't support – what I'm about to say, but do support some of these actions. But the majority of the people that are yelling that it's okay and these are summer camps and we've got to protect our borders also wear the shirts that say all lives matters. So let's just remember that, okay? Yeah. Remember when we were talking about black lives and how black people should be treated fairly and you came back and you said, well, no, it's not just black people. All lives matter. Mm-hmm. Well, then you go down to that border and you tell that to the people who aren't seeing their children. Yeah. Like you said, maybe ever you jerk face, loser, yeah. idiot, inbred scumbags. That's yeah. all of you. And well, I don't yeah. care. That's how strong I am about this. This is not what any country is about. This is not what humans are about, about imprisoning others out of fear and scared power moves. That's all this is. So I don't care if you agree with this. You don't listen to this podcast yeah. again. I don't yeah. want you around. Right. And I don't want you in my life. So if you and don't tell your friends, because the, they would probably don't like them either. <laughs> Yeah, and if you think that you support this, don't tell it to my face because I am so worked up about this that I don't want you around. Don't want you around at all.
2: Tim and Tom. Hey, how was your Father's Day? Not bad, man. The whole
4: weekend, we were busy, man. We, we were going and running all over the place. Friday night, we went out to a um, campsite. So, okay, I'm going to flash rewind back to Friday night. Uh, is hot, right? Oh, yeah. Getting off of work, and my beautiful wife calls me, and she says, hey, her friend, I don't know if she wants her name out there, but my wife's friend, who i talked about frequently here that she's been hanging out with lately, says, taking the kids out, she's got three kids, camping this weekend. You're coming out, right? And my wife likes to camp, right? And she was like, hey, yeah, I would love to do that. You know we're under a heat advisory, right? And she mm-hmm. was like, No. And she was like, yeah, maybe this isn't the weekend, right? And she goes, no, I promise the kids, they're going to be crushed. We're going. And she was like, you got to come out too. And I was like, no. <laughs> like, I'm not." No. I don't like camping much to begin with. I like to go to your camp and hang out with you for a while and party. Maybe go out on your boat, on your jet skis, right? Do that. But I don't like to sleep there at night. I don't like to, you know, it's not my thing. Oh, I've never understood it. So we do the compromise and we're like, all right, we'll go out there and hang out. Right. You know what I mean? Like we'll, we'll go out there, sit around the fire for a little while, have a few drinks, hang out, you know, and then we'll go our separate ways. We'll go home and sleep in air conditioning. And, uh, (laughs) and so you'll uh, sleep
3: in conditions that you work a daily job to achieve.
4: Yeah. So we did that, but it was fun. Obviously. I mean, we went out there, saw some friends, campfire, s'mores, drinks, hang out with some friends. Saturday, uh, went to the pool, uh for the first time for the season also i kind of had to remind the family it's like you guys know it's a heat advisory right like it's really hot and they're like yeah but it's the pool i was like all right <laughs> so we had to go do that you know then we went for a run around the property even later right again we just spent a lot of time in this heat unnecessarily tom uh yeah it was stupid shredding them pounds though i'll tell you that much good for uh, you Right, and then Sunday was Father's Day, so yes, we went to a uh, cafe that's down the street from here that we love for the morning. Uh, Basically, overindulged in that, and then we did a bunch of family stuff. Man, we we put up some hammocks on the trees out back by the house that we'd been wanting to put up uh, that we got, and uh, attempted to put up a volleyball net, Tom, and broke it because you know I'm too manly. I'm too manly, too strong, too strong, too Mm -hmm. strong. So I got to take it back. Uh, But that was good, wholesome. Uh, fun Father's Day and love the family, you know. My Father's Day present is uh, we've got an in-home personal trainer coming for a couple sessions uh, to start is what she got me. So we're going to do some of that.
3: Well, you better not make him mad or her mad because then she's she or he's going to know where you live.
4: Yeah, that's true too. Right.
3: That's right. why I never n- – any situation that I've ever been a part of, they never come to my house. Yeah. Up until – I kid you not. Up until – maybe 21 mm-hmm. I there was maybe 11 people including family members that knew where I lived yeah, yeah. never come into my place I, yeah, don't we, generally,
4: we generally don't do a whole lot of that this was a reputable deal you know I talked to my wife uh, about who was coming out and all that jazz but um but yeah well there's always that but I think most people out here assume uh you know certain things about the security at these places you know uh, yeah, keep your head on a swivel right so uh yeah what kind of workout well, are you going to do? i don't know
3: like don't what know. kind of trainer is is this person are they like a crossfit coach or are they like a yoga and flexibility like what kind of uh,
4: uh kind yeah, of I'll, background I do they have don't know too much about that i i'll have hmm. to look into that because i just see you know what i mean like i didn't really it wasn't uh, um uh, there wasn't a big Explain. right there yeah. wasn't a brochure involved here right. um but yes uh well it's just something we've been talking about doing you know and uh I have been working out a lot more here and and we went for a run around the property. So I'd mowed a bunch of paths around the outside of all the uh, hay fields for anybody who's new to the show. I live out here on, on a little bit of land and, uh, and ran around there. But, uh, then Monday we had some friends over and they stayed till like, I was almost midnight. Uh, I wasn't there. Well, yeah, I said some friends. That's what I'm saying. Right. Your friend wasn't yeah. there, so I don't well, believe Well, it the was story. her friend and her husband who's become, like, they're family friends now, right? Like, I only know them mm-hmm. because of, of my wife, right? And it was her friend from, right. from like, high school back in the day. And, yeah,
3: because yeah. your friend was here.
4: Yeah, my only friend is right there right now, uh, you know, sitting across the computer screen from me. Oh, is that a peek behind the curtain?
2: What? Uh, what? Tim and Tom. Tim and Tom
3: so the father's day thing was kind of low-key and simple uh it was just dinner so nothing crazy just there you go here's some food right yeah. that's nu- nutrition go along your day or right. go amongst your day uh so i did that so that was father's day in a nutshell uh, our good friend, friend of the show, Anthony Gutierrez, yeah. uh, was inspired by another podcast of uh, Joe Rogan. Listened to a guy named Cameron Haynes, if yep. anyone knows who that is. are you? Have you ever heard of Cameron Haynes? I've
4: not heard Cameron Haynes, but I saw Sharkbait's uh, social media posts about this.
3: Yeah, so Cameron Haynes is one of those ultra marathon runners where it's like a 24-hour course or 24 hour race and it's 120 miles or whatever it is and so that inspired him who typically anthony runs about three miles a day to run nine miles a day and that was insane and it was like 97 degrees yeah Uh, he had yeah he had me come out and uh i just worked out in the gym like in the air condition i mean i broke a sweat but it was still hot uh so he did that that was fun so now that inspired me to run so i've been running a lot uh Joined a CrossFit gym, I don't know if I told you this It was CrossFit oh, Memorial Hill okay. It's right here in Kansas City It's right off at of 35, it's a huge sign You see it off the highway uh, Been doing a lot of uh, CrossFit workouts uh, Recovering still from the shoulder surgery So the workouts are a little bit tailored To uh, my needs uh, but yeah, it's been fun. I did my first hero wad, which is in honor of a police officer or, a military, uh, military, officer who had been killed in line of duty. Today's workout was five rounds, nine, uh, deadlifts, six hang cleans, three, uh, shoulder to overhead, five rounds as fast as possible with a 13 minute time cap. Did it? It was pretty good. Okay. I, like I said, the, the weight wasn't great because my shoulder was, you know, not the most stable, so I didn't go heavy. But it was fun. Been doing that. Um, other than that, oh, we got sling TV. We yeah. did that. Okay. We made the 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 choice to get rid of Google Fiber. Uh, everyone, here's the thing. Everyone screams on top of the hills about how great Google Fiber is, mm-hmm. and I've lived here now with Emily over a year. And I think it is absolute garbage. I don't really? like the yeah. I don't like the internet speeds. The
4: channels are fine, let but let say this: like, I, I, had I, had n- with, n- I had a problem with I had a problem with their ahead. internet speeds when we first had it, and they weren't resolving them. And I screen where you know on like a lot of routers where you can go on the internet screen and go in and like adjust the settings in mm-hmm. there once you're on there. You couldn't do that with Google Fiber, and then like. Uh, At first, I forget and then like he had something up and showed me how to get in there and I just ported it between you can separate the 5G and the two point four. I don't know if you have that situation going on or if you just connect to one. So like I was able to do that and then like another setting and all of a sudden it worked great and the guy was like, Oh, you just changed that and he was like, Yeah, okay. Like, I was like, why didn't you think about this, man? You know what I mean? Like, I was like, yeah, because they were not right at first.
3: Yeah, the Internet, I've just not been a big fan of. But the biggest thing for me is I come from Xfinity and I still we need to have someone that explains cable to me because I don't get how certain regions you don't have options. So. I was living in Blue Springs. Xfinity's there, right? Xfinity. Right. I love Xfinity. You can talk into the yeah. uh, remote control, all the fun channels. The setup was very uh, user friendly. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Right. So yeah. get out here, Google Fiber. I'm just like, man, this kind of is boring and it's kind of archaic in their display of like, of t- uh, the guide and DVR and stuff like that. I just don't like it. It's it's poop. Right. So I was like, Xfinity. So I call Xfinity. They go, "Well, we're not available there."
4: Yeah. Why? Yeah. Well, I had the Why? same issue with Google Fiber. So now we moved out here on the on the ranch, you know. But we're north of Legends of like uh, ten minutes, so we're not out there, out there, right? And yeah. a lot of companies will come out, but I can't get over like twenty five uh, megabytes. I'm now just... my wife works out of the home for a software company. I was like, "No, I can't do that." I was like, "I need the Google Fiber," and they were like, "Oh, we're not out there." But I was like, "Down the street in the like homes, like the suburban homes, it's like five minutes away. You are," and they were like, "Yeah." Uh, it's ineligible at your place and i was like so that means like never coming and they're like yeah no there's something that's typically like there's a land dispute or something And i was like well is it my land because like i'll you know what i mean like what's the problem like they're like no we're just not coming out there and i was like well so now yeah we've got one company i can get a 100 but they're not the greatest like that you know what i mean it's not always the best and now i'm just waiting because they're promising that they're rolling out a gigabit so i'm like okay well you suck right now i'm waiting for that you know like so i don't know I yeah.
3: So I, Xfinity told us like, it sorry, sucks. we're not available there. And I don't know why, but whatever. So they're not available. So after another price hike by Google Fiber, who fun fact is not expanding. So why are yeah. you raising your prices? Uh, we've like, you know what? We're done. So we got the sling. Today's the first day. I'll give you a report next week and let you know how it is what, going, so but it's got a
4: Google internet though for the
3: yeah, still yeah. using Google internet, but it, it raised to like $90 yeah. for uh cable and I was yeah. like, we we watched seven channels. Yeah, yeah let me know how this and that, the And we
4: found the PlayStation View.
3: Yeah. Uh I'm getting a new PlayStation because my PlayStation was just crapping out. It's so ugh, stupid, hate it. Anyhow, uh so Is that yeah, that's losing the,
4: the games. Just PlayStation going no. bad.
3: It's going but, bad, like, it's it was, slow. It would eject the game, like, while you're playing. You're like, oh, third quarter, boom, comes out. and then Yeah, and then the only app that I use on a consistent basis is the WWE Network. It would always say, service not reachable, sorry. And it would air out all the time. So I was like, I'm done with this. This is a stupid PlayStation. Now, that being said, I've had it for five years, something like that. So it served its its purpose, but...
4: Yeah, yeah we so I like you know how Sling goes. We got PlayStation View, and then we use the PlayStation for it in the main room, but then we've got like a Fire Stick in one room and a Roku in another and stuff like so we can access it on any of those. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, stopped the Sling, paying cable a long time ago.
3: Yeah, the Sling uh, gave us a Fire Stick or Roku thing for free with yeah. signing up two months or whatever, so yeah. that's cool. So you get
4: the network uh, in there too and all those things in the WWE network, and the remote's nice. You know?
3: Yeah, so excited to get that in, but like I said, it's the first day. Has all of the channels. Basically, the only channels I need are ESPN, uh, USA Network, and then Fox. Um, Fox News, right?
4: That's what you watch. You think I, you think I watch Fox? <laughs> we kind of look like those. All right, never mind. All right, so no.
3: I do look like those guys. I hate that. Do you? I hate that when I walk into a room, people are like, "Look at this guy," and I'm like, "I'm not that
4: guy." Yo, all the time do you get people like just randomly that you don't know much share their racism with you? Like, and you know what I mean? Like they'll say something mildly, vaguely racist. And like, you're like, dude, you're like, like, why would you think
3: I'm accepted? Yeah. Why do you think I like that?
4: Do I look like, you know, or I was at a place I was at a, I was at a bar and we had just, I mean like through a friend of a friend at the same place met these, this people. Right. And and shook hands with him, talked to them, like, oh, no, we've never been here before. Like, said a few things like that, right? And then later, this guy comes back from the bathroom, and he was like, oh, man, well, I need to go to the bathroom, but I couldn't. Because as soon as I started to go in there, the guy before me, some black guy, throws up all over the floor. And then I was just like, okay. And then I'm sitting there thinking, like, why did it matter that the guy was black? Like, why did you say yeah. it? And like that. Like, yeah. just, and then I got to stand here with this guy and I'm like, ah, you know what, man? So I like went over to a different spot of the plate. You know, I was like, I can't like, why do people do that?
3: Well, I you think- know what you should do next time? Here's another good, uh, tidbit of advice is just say, I don't get
4: it. Yeah. Yeah. be like, what? Yeah.
3: I don't get it. Why, why did you have to say he was black? Yeah. Well, cause I'm like, no, nah, I don't get it. And yeah. then eventually he'll come to the realization My wife that said he'll said say that this too. Yeah. Yeah, he'll say this. He'll say, "Oh man, you you just don't get it. You're you're dumb." And then he'll walk away, and then he'll start to think and have yeah. a realization. Oh, I'm kind of uh, a bad
4: racist. person. Yeah, I uh, my wife said she she said, "Well, maybe that because that guy." She goes, "I don't think they think the because I say there's these like shared racism moments, right, or just you know things like that." And she says, "I don't think that they necessarily think you are." She goes, "I just think they think everybody is because nobody has said anything to them when they say it." You true. I was like, well, that's true, but it's so much easier said than done. You know what I mean? Because yep. now I've caused a problem. And she said, no, he did. And I was like, yeah, I yeah. guess you're right.
3: Now I remember one thing that I want to mention. Monday night, I went to the Royals game.
4: Yeah. First
3: time this season. Royals absolutely suck, but that's beside the point. Went to a special event. It really was bad. E-Day at the K. Yeah. E-Day at the K. Entrepreneurial Day at the K. Yeah. And the mayor presented and proclaimed June 18th, 2018 18 Kansas city source link day, which fun fact, Emily's mother is the CEO of, so she got presented a proclamation from the mayor declaring that June 18th, 2018 is, is Kansas city, Kansas city source link day. That's how awesome. cool is that? That is Yeah. Really
4: cool. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That's and then, yeah. So I work for a startup. So my, boss and a coworker were at this event. They got to meet Maria, which uh, that's my uh, girlfriend's mother. She's well known in that community. She's like the OG godmother of this whole entrepreneurial Kansas City thing. Really, really smart. They were saying compliments about me to Maria, and then Maria was saying compliments to me or about me to them. So I was just patting myself. Oh, I was Tom Zink over here, so, just patting myself on the back.
4: Tom, we need to discuss your ability to detect sarcasm.
2: Nope. Take it as real. <laughs> Love it. Right. Put it on the board. Tim and Tom.
4: All right, well, you know, we, maybe we could just go on Jerry Springer. Huh? No, not anymore. Uh, RIP. Tom, I know this was your favorite show, Jerry Springer. But It was for a while. It <laughs> so was t- yeah. for a while. Okay, so when it first started coming out and they started going the the pro wrestling route, right? When they first loved it. It, it loved. was great because but then it started it was the initial like, wait a minute. You know what I mean? Like, is this is this a work to to borrow a pro wrestling term, right? And then everybody started figuring it out and then they kinda were like, Yeah, all right, cool. Right? But now that was what 10, 15 years ago. And they're still, mm-hmm. I just found out now. So they're going to stop making episodes now. I thought it was still out on syndication. I didn't realize they were still making episodes. No. Mm-hmm. Who's like, yeah, this bothers me about society. Like, because I don't think everybody was watching it the way they watch pro wrestling, knowing it was, you know what I mean? Like I just don't get that feel from its I fans. Think,
3: yeah. I think at the height of Jerry Springer fandom People thought it was real. Right. And then I think smarter people started to look at it with a different perspective saying, why are they allowing two people to fist bite yeah. and neither one are being charged with assault? Right. Right there should tell you, wait a minute. Am yeah. I watching something real yeah. if neither person is being charged with anything? Now, I'm not saying every time there's a there's going to be a fight, people are pressing charges. But there is a healthy amount of that, and none of that was ever happening on Jerry Springer. Uh, so I think once people kind of have kind of turned a, a, another eye to the program and goes, wait a minute, and then they started catching on, like, I saw this guy on another episode. Yeah. Then I think we caught on to the, to the gag. Uh, but it did take forever because, yeah, it's 2018, okay. and they just now stopped. So,
4: but do you think the people who were watching it in 2013 – new yeah. Then and yeah are just watching it for
3: yeah i think they are i think i i think when when jerry springer and i don't remember the year because i wasn't that avid of a, a fan of it um i think he even was like so we're not allowing fighting anymore and then he realized okay this is and then the specials on 2020 yeah. and you know dateline and all that
4: but what percentage do you think because i remember very much sitting in a pro wrestling uh, stands, right, going to see Raw live at the Sprint Center, right. Mm-hmm. And I was with a friend, and then next to us was a, a guy I don't know and his wife, right. Mm-hmm. And they were mm-hmm. like, "Do you guys watch all the time?" They just started up a conversation with us, and we were like, "Yeah, you know, we watch every week, you know, blah blah blah, this and that." And then he was like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Yeah, man," he goes, "You know," he was like, "I mean, I know it's not real." But man, sometimes I wonder, man. Like you know, like if these guys really don't like each other, they're really they're really doing some stuff out there. And I was just like, wow, I was, man, buddy. You know, what I mean, I was like, this is like two thousand. It was like fifteen maybe at the time or something. Yeah. I don't even know fourteen a while ago. But I was just like, what? Post two thousand ten, I was like, how is this a thing?
3: Yeah. To answer your question, I don't know, because I always do this when I think of how stupid people are. I think to myself, what's the average person? Right. And so I create a profile of what I think the average person is. And then I take a step back and I go, there are millions dumber than that average person. So I don't know. I think maybe there's still people that watch Jerry Springer and think it was real. I know that when I was operating a store at the independent center called in the cage with MMA themed, uh, clothing apparel store. Uh, there would be people at the height of Brock Lesnar in the UFC that would walk in to the store and say to me, you know, Brock Lesnar's got a tough fight. Uh, I think, you know, he's been struggling a little bit, but if he just hits that F five, his finisher that he used to do in WWE, I think, I think he'd win this fight. That was real conversations. <laughs> and then I had to just be like, hey, man, no. And then, you know, then you get the confusion of people saying like, well, you know, John Cena fought Chuck Liddell. No, he didn't. You, well, yeah, no. Remember when John John Cena fights, man, He get, he gets in there and he knows how to scrap. No, he doesn't. He knows how to wrestle. Now, I don't know if he knows how to fight or not, but he knows how to wrestle. So to answer your question initially, I think people are very gullible. I think people want to believe sometimes even in the face of all the facts, which goes back to our first conversation, and they just want to want their reality be true, Uh, right? So it's, I want this reality. I'm going to find sources. I'm going to tell myself. I'm going to enclose myself from reality and just keep telling myself this is how it is. Here's my question about Jerry Springer. Do you think he goes back into politics? So he's a former mayor of Cincinnati before yeah. he started this whole Jerry Springer thing. We have Trump in the office right now. He's a reality star. We just shared, I think, last week about, um, or no, maybe two weeks ago, or maybe I just shared it to you. I don't remember. I don't fact check. Um, but the porn star guy became the Republican nominee in Las Vegas. So Jerry Springer, you know, he had that one minute at the end. Remember that? The Springer moment or whatever?
0: Yeah.
3: And and uh, do you think he jumps back into politics? 2018 is a perfect time for all these weirdo – I can't even think of any other weird words to say about these people. Not to say that Jerry Springer is not a good human. I don't know him personally. Yeah. But it definitely seems that someone that would, even if it was real, prey on the – Uh, vulnerabilities of others you think wouldn't be suitable for, you know, public office, but I think that's going away.
4: What you're going to see is in four more years, you're going to see a presidential, uh, vice presidential candidate of Linda McMahon, Jerry Springer running on the Republican ticket.
3: Yeah. I mean, Linda McMahon right now is in charge of the small business. So Uh why not?
4: McMahon Springer. This will be, this will be after another four years of Trump.
2: Tim and Tom.
4: All right, well, I think that's enough. We got into a bunch because we've got almost two hours worth of a best of coming up in our second segment here. Uh, We like to do this at the end of every um, we're coming up on summer here uh, by the time you hear this episode probably, or even in the next day. And uh, we're a season behind because, you know, I've got other stuff going on. So you're going to hear the best of winter, 2018. And this is some of our parts. This is some of our great interviews. And we mentioned who the interviews are as you go along. So be able to follow. And if you like it, you can go back and listen to some of these great, amazing interviews from people around Kansas city uh, that, you know, we need to talk to your girlfriend's mom. even.
3: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. She's a traveling lady, very busy, Time is money with her But we should definitely Get her on Right uh, Yeah But yeah Let's check out this uh, Interview medley yep, As yep. Uh, they call it
4: Yeah And it's not even Just the interviews It's some of our ramblings And, and whatnot So you should enjoy that uh, And it uh, uh, After If you like any of that Go back and listen To those episodes And after that Stick around We're going to come back And we're going to talk About some events And our favorite things Of the week But we'll do a best of When we come back To Tim and Tom
3: Fun fact Pandas can poop Up to 40 times a day Going,
6: up, going up. They want to shoot me down. down. Oh, we think he better than us. They going to shoot me down. down. Said it's so fly. They going to shoot me down. down. They'll be posted outside just to shoot me down. Don't say nothing to police for they shoot me down. down. They'll be marching in the streets if they shoot me down. down. Tell me, listen, don't speak or they shoot me down. down. What these people don't see, you can't shoot me down. I'm bulletproof. Tell the truth. They hoping I keep it cool. I just play the cards that I was dealt with. I can pull them too.
2: Tim and Tom.
3: Here's my prediction for 2018. By the end of 2018, rising from the ashes like a phoenix will be the 90s mainstay. And the lovable missed it in our hearts company that we all had a card for.
4: Nah. Blockbuster. Nah, blockbusters are coming back. Who owns them right now? I think Drake T V owns them. So yeah. Really? owns them <laughs> uh, yeah there's a few stores still left no way. yeah no i just read this recently because there's a few like remote locations that don't have like great internet access and stuff so that like the the thing still runs so they were like sure whatever like basically it was paying for itself so they're like fine let them have their movies yeah there'll be blockbuster online right blockbuster will replace netflix just as no. a streaming service <laughs> we
3: want to go we want to spend our friday nights looking at the new movies and seeing which one it is that was so much fun you didn't love blockbuster I
4: did but I don't you know what I don't miss is going there and finding all movies that suck. And then everybody's like, you know, you got your family or, or whoever you're with. And they're like, I don't like that one. Well, I don't like this one. Well, I, whatever, then fine. And then I got to find them and return them later. Swing by there out of my way. No, I like the online streaming on demand. I don't,
3: yeah. I don't. Ew, I, I, love don't. It. I love that. You wasted an hour. Yeah. You could just look at things. You could, touch them and read the back of the description. You could talk to people. How crazy is that? Right? And you had a destination to get out of the house. You know how frustrating it is to just sit in a house all the time. That's what we're doing.
4: I don't got to sit in the so house. Annoying. I can choose to leave, leave the house, but I can choose to leave the house and do something that I want instead of like, oh man, Where? I got to go Where return are you go? I got to go no, return this no. disc to Blockbuster. I don't know, I could go no. down to the city market and I could go pick out some fruit, or I could go to Westport That's, and I could get nope, shot, Uber or I could go to <laughs>
3: No Uber eats has replaced that.
4: So you don't even go to the city market anymore. You can, you don't have to Uber eat. Well, maybe I want to go get a movie in a physical form and bring it back to my house. There you go. Then there are, there are some out there. There's some out there for you weirdos. Bring them back.
3: Blockbuster, bring them back. That's what we're going to all this online streaming. We're going to get nauseated with how the cutthroat industry is taking over our lives and we're going to revolt and go back to our old ways, newspapers and blockbuster, baby. Right there, buy the stock. 2019. Don't do it next year. It takes a while. 2019.
4: There it is. News. Tom stock tips. Newspapers yeah. and
2: blockbuster. Tim and Tom.
3: Bring back cursive. I love it.
4: Oh well. Slow down.
3: <laughs> yeah, I <know. laughs> Cursive
4: was stupid. Never mind. <laughs>
3: Why anyone decided to say, hey, you know what we could do with these letters? Make them slanted and all wiggly. That's fun. (laughs) Let's teach the world that. Yeah, I'm so glad that we were taught cursive instead of how to do taxes
4: in our school system.
3: Right? What a genius idea that was! Yeah,
4: how to invest funds smartly. Right? Yeah, I didn't no, need to no, know no. that.
3: Yeah. No, no, no. You got to make this F all funny
4: looking. It's right. gonna be
3: great. You're yeah. gonna love it.
4: People will think you're smart and refined.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then in ten years, you're never gonna use it again. And we're all gonna have computers at our desks.
2: Tim and Tom.
3: I love pro wrestling. For those who are not familiar with our past work, I will say it again on this podcast. When pro wrestling is great, it is the greatest art form in the history of the world. There's no better feeling than a great wrestling match or a great storyline coming together. It is pure Nirvana And I love it. I'm addicted to it. I've been addicted to it for 30 years. I'm not going to get away from it. I love talking about it any chance I get. And we're going to talk some pro wrestling Kansas City style right now with our guest, Michael Strider, one half of the tag team champions for NWL, one of the founding members of the foundation.
4: Another unique thing, even outside of you being a local wrestling company, is how the company's even structured. Of most... Local independent wrestling companies, independent being not WWE-affiliated. You're paying a wrestler per gig. He's showing up wrestling and leaving, and that's it, and oftentimes in cash. But here you guys are employing folks full-time. They have health benefits. Can you kind of enlighten us on some of that?
1: We are the only professional wrestling company in the United States, including the WWE, that treats our wrestlers as full-time employees nobody does that. Not even the WWE. They're all, they all are treated as independent contractors. Our, our pro wrestlers are a good bunch of them have health benefits. They have 401ks. We have, you know, they're, they're treated as full on employees of this company that, uh, and are treated as such. Uh, that was really important to major when he started, because he kind of saw the hypocrisy in that, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, and wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. change it, I guess, more than anything else. Right. So he really wanted to change it and make it, uh, make it a unique business and give it a place where a guy can come in and just wrestle, only wrestle, and really put his work into it and have the benefits and whatnot. Now, and also, another unique thing about that is a lot of the guys, too, a lot of our pro wrestlers, they work in the office as well. Like, you know, I'm in sales and marketing, and Thor does graphic designs, and uh, Leo Hallett does video editing. And so we, it's, it's really just everybody chipping in and doing the labor of love with it. So it's, it's pretty cool.
3: Can you describe to us what a show is like uh, for the NWL in Kansas City you kind of mentioned that there's a there's a full spectrum of you know girl wrestlers uh, brawling technical wrestling things like that what would that be like
1: so it's like apple pie or baseball it's just a truly American experience and it's just you know everybody at one time has been a wrestling fan um, I mm-hmm. think one of the problems that they've had is that it's just gotten kind of homogenized now with the only the WWE being on a grand scale and it being you know, publicly traded, so every interview is sort of scripted and every move is is sort of preordained and just cookie-cutter. So when you come to a show here, you're going to get, you know, first of all, people are – the one thing I always hear from people when they first come in is they're just shocked by how action-packed and loud and kind of scary it is. Like, oh, man, that guy really got slammed, and that's really – you know that's some crazy stuff there. That's that guy's really you know punching him and stuff. So once you get over that, then you get into the fun stuff. Like so maybe you like comedy, and so there's a match that's comedy and then you get a laugh. And then maybe you like the high flyers, and then you get the you know the trapeze artists flying flippy guys, and maybe you like the brawlers. So we really try to make sure there's a unique match that you know it's three ring circus that everybody's involved in. You can boo, you can cheer, you can scream, you can holler. You know, just it's you're opportunity just to release yourself and for two hours it's okay to just put a tongue lashing on a bad guy and call him every name in the book and he technically that's his job to get you to do that mm-hmm. and just lose yourself and experience and have a great time bring your kids and have a great time with them it's just wrestling is supposed to be fun and in its purest form it is fun what you'll find out is you come and you have a lot of fun.
2: Tim and Tom.
3: Now for our last event. This is also taking place on New Year's Eve. I cannot. Okay. Mm. So I think I know who this guy is, but I can't exactly remember. He sang a song, and mm. I don't remember who, who, who sang it specifically, but the song goes, My name is Kid Rock.
4: Who oh that? oh that was peter gabriel
3: was it peter gabriel yeah it was
4: peter gabriel
7: i was
3: yeah, really thinking that right. was jack johnson
4: well um, maybe it is
3: that artist who <laughs> yeah. i will read specifically uh-huh. okay here it is the event is in front of me now i apologize apologize <laughs> for my unprofessional uh um <laughs> oh. guessing right are we professional it will be yeah unprofessional I, I am a professional broadcaster after all damn it uh-huh. right and so i need to be at the top of my game so i apologize that is my apology Here's the event in front of me. I will read specifically what's going down. December 31st, starting at 9 p.m., going till midnight at the Spritz Center, 1407 Grand Boulevard, Kansas City, Missouri. We have one of the best (laughs) rap rock artists of all time, Kid
0: Rock.
4: yeah uh yeah definitely one of the best
3: yeah yeah maybe right so (laughs) hey if you want to relive the past while you bring in the new year put on your jinkos spray some curve get a nice hookah action going on and enjoy the rap rock Mm -hmm. of kid rock Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm.
4: you can sing along with all of his hits yeah bring your Bring your Confederate flags and your dirt weed and come party with Kid Rock at the Sprint Center.
3: I tell you what, Ooh. grab your Doc, Doc Martens and you will be right in the thick of it with yeah. the rest of the Kid Rock yep. Nation.
4: Show up in your I Rock Z and we can just
3: party all night, man. And if you don't, if you can't find your Jinkos, just remember your Zuba
4: pants and you will be right there with everyone else. <laughs> Who is opening for Kid Rock in 2017?
3: Well, let me see if I can find out. I don't know. Who would? (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't say. It just says Kid Rock. So maybe it's a one-man show, man. You get all the hits. You get that one with his name. You get the other one where he's singing with Sheryl Crow, who probably Uh won't be there. You probably also have that one where he's talking about uh, America. I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe another one where he's talking about love. I don't know. Uh, Or maybe he's just talking about – I don't know. Mm-hmm. Trump. Who mm-hmm. knows? That guy. Yeah.
4: We said this, I think, uh, before the segment started, but, uh, we, we liken, we coined him today's Ted Nugent.
3: And boy, if that didn't hit the nail on the head, 100%, I don't know what else does. Yeah. They should just call him Ted kid rock Nugent. Yeah. All right, so let's review real quick before we get you out of here. We have, like I said, grab your jinkos and your Doc Martens, grab some bad weed, and smoke a hookah, because we've got Kid Rock singing the best songs that Mm -hmm. everyone's forgotten.
4: Don't forget your wife beaters, and head on down to the Sprint Center this New Year's Eve for Kid Rock. (laughs) Tim and Tom do not recommend getting in the pit, by the way. Unless you're tough.
1: Yeah.
2: Tim and Tom.
3: So January one, Oregonians? Is that Uh how you say it? Oregonians. Um, Yeah. Sure now are allowed to pump their own gas. Did you hear about that? They weren't allowed to pump their own gas. They had gas attendants. And now they're saying, no, this new law, effective January 1, allows uh, Oregonians to pump their own gas. And Mm -hmm. people are mad. Mm -hmm. They're like, no, I like staying in my car. I like the gas attendant. Do that. And Mm -hmm. they're like, nah, not anymore. Mm -hmm. No more gas
4: attendants in the state of Oregon. Here's a fun story. I am, this is two thousand three and four maybe i hey. am in the air force i am freshly stationed in oklahoma city at tinker air force base my family's moved down there with me right i'm going through what they call first term airman's uh center course i forget what they call it right so you're out of all your trainings you're at your actual workstation now you go through a quick little two-week course of hey all right now you're out of training this is how it really works you don't have to be scared of this here's some of the expectations now that you're out of the game right? So we're going through that. And, uh, there's a guy, you know, in the class with me too, but he's a lot younger. I came in to the military a little bit older than say the typical people do. They come in around 18. I came in at 20, I turned 24 in basic. So he's a little bit younger, right? but we're going to go to lunch. Right. And he's driving and he goes, Oh, I need to swing, and get some gas. Let me stop by the gas station. Here. Here's a gas station on base. And he pulls up and he just starts looking at it. <laughs> he's he's in the car. Right. And he's driving and I'm in the passenger seat and he's just looking out the window at the gas pump. And I was like, you all right, man? And he goes, yeah, I just, I don't know how to pump gas. I was like, what? <laughs> and I went, what? And he goes, yeah, man. And I was like, well, who pumped the gas last time in your car, man? <laughs> he goes, well, he goes, I just bought it, man. he goes, this is the first time. He goes, I've only had it for like a couple of days. Well, why don't you know how to pump gas, man? How, uh, you're like, he was like 19 or something, right? And he goes, we don't pump gas in Oregon. What do you mean you don't pump gas? And he goes, they pump it for you. Are you serious? I was like, you don't know how to do this at all? So I had to show this guy how to pump gas, man. And I'm out here like, man, this is when I started. This is so, joining the military is one thing that I credit with, you know, a lot of my growth of knowing, you know, how, oh, there's people who don't live the same life I've lived, right? And have different experiences. Uh, This is one of the very first things I was like, really? (laughs) <laughs> like, i didn't think i didn't understand that at all that people didn't just like you take it for granted you can gas up your car on autopilot man you don't even remember you did it but this guy had no clue oregon.
3: that is incredible that is incredible <laughs> oregon way to
4: way to get with uh 1990 <laughs> yeah. no, well, out of pump well, welcome to the 1960s oregon
2: tim and tom
3: 2018 has a lot on the horizon and so we wanted to kind of preview and also talk to one of the best informed citizens of this great city Kyle Palmer of KCUR Kyle you do the morning news for KCUR and you also do the early bird for people who aren't familiar with the early bird can you go and describe what that is?
6: I don't know how well informed I am but I try to stay as informed as possible so KCUR of course is Kansas City Public Radio in addition to my on air duties um, I am the, the compiler and author of a morning newsletter that we call the early bird, and we call it the early bird because it goes out at 6 a.m., so that means that I have to get up at about 3 to 3.30 um, every morning and start to put it together, and it is our rundown of the biggest Local news stories around the Kansas City Metro, as well as um, a sprinkling in of big national stories that happened overnight or the previous day, the intent is to make sure that our listeners and our subscribers can wake up, check their phone, or or get on their tablet and peruse the news for five to 10 minutes and be prepared and set and go on about their day.
4: So we're kind of taught the whole time coming up is things like newspapers and magazine letters and things like that are dying out. Mm -hmm. I I see all over the place. As you mentioned, you're subscribing to a whole bunch of these email newsletters. So did it just change form and people are still consuming in this sort of multi-topic news in this fashion? Because we were kind of told that's the dinosaur coming out, but it almost seems like that isn't the case now. I think
6: you're talking about a couple of different things here, and they're both interesting. So I think the idea that print, the legacy media, the newspapers, you know, locally here, the Kansas City Star, and you know, nationally, the New York Times and the Los Angeles Times, and there is this kind of assumption that they're fading away, that they're dying. And revenue-wise, they are struggling for sure. You see cutbacks at that- places like the Star. But in terms of content, what those legacy media organizations are producing is still top-notch. Um, even when their newsroom staffs are gutted and they're working on skeleton shifts and they're working with personnel and resources that you know might be um, a fraction of what they used to have 10, 20 years ago, they're still producing agenda-setting content, both locally and at the national level. I look to the Star so much for the work that I do at KCUR just to kind of see what they're reporting on. Because they have even a Star that doesn't have as many people as it used to still has a lot of resources and they have a lot of people in a lot of important places covering things. That's one aspect of it. Long story short, I still feel like print media, now we call it, you know, it's digital media now because hardly anyone ever actually reads the real paper anymore. Those organizations are still producing great content. The second half of what you were kind of talking about, the newsletter part of it, yeah, I think for a while there, people thought that it was just kind of a fad. And it was going to kind of fade away, and people were getting tired of getting blasted in their inbox. And I said, and I, and I think that's still probably a legitimate fear that people will sign up for a newsletter and then they'll get tired of it. And there's also there's no um, right now there's no there's not a lot of revenue in that. Um, KCR we, we do sell the early bird, and we, we do get advertisers every once in a while, Um, but it's still not like a profit-making arm of what we're doing. It's still kind of very experimental. But what it does speak to is that I think people want, and I'm sure you guys are familiar with this whole trend, is that People want, they want to pick and choose and be able to decide and filter their own content. And and newsletters and signing up and subscribing for newsletters is a way to do that. Now it's still curated, right? So it's kind of a mixture of, of being on demand and being kind of more traditional in that you, you kind of pick what you want to subscribe to, but then you get curated content in your inbox from people that in organizations that you trust. And so that's what we hope with the early bird is, is like, it's for our listeners and people who may not listen to KCUR on the air, but have found us through whatever means, and they trust us, and so they trust us enough to sign up for that newsletter and get it five days a week, which uh, honestly is a pretty big commitment. It's funny to say that, but it's getting something in your inbox five times a week from the same group, and that's that's a lot. So they trust us, and so we want to make sure that we curate it responsibly, but also in a way that's entertaining.
2: Tim and Tom.
3: Doors open at six. First fight should be seven. Ends around eleven thirty. Great atmosphere for fights, great atmosphere for fight fans, and you will absolutely love this top-notch show because I am the one well, running
4: it. And fun fact, Tom is the one running it. So in addition to all the great fights and the the great venue that the Scottish Rite Temple is, while there, since Tom's running it, you're going to see Tom running around out there. He's going to have a headset. He's going to be out poking his head out there. He's going to be coming around doing things uh, to make sure things are lined up. So you might be able to yell out, hi, Tom, and Tom might wave at you. You might be too busy to talk to you, but Tom might wave at
3: you. That is a guarantee. I will at least wave at you if you <laughs> yell, hey, Tom.
4: It's a guarantee that I might wave at you.
3: <laughs> Tim and Tom. The biggest story from the week was the Golden Globes and the apparent crowning of a new president in Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> Did you see this?
4: I didn't see the speech, which has got everybody in a fluster.
3: Spoiler. I think Oprah as president is stupid. But the speech was so good. First off, so I love communication, right? I love listening to powerful speakers with their command of cadence and their inflection on words and their nonverbals and their eye contact which is nonverbals but more so you know with eye contact you can make more of a message uh, with what you're saying but the, the whole package I just love speeches I love speeches from Churchill to JFK to Obama even the horrible people like Hitler Hitler could captivate an audience oh, yeah, good yeah. or bad yeah. more bad obviously yeah. Tom but Hiller, he could right. I do not, but <laughs> he could captivate an audience. And, and and the thing I wanted to make a point of is so often when we speak of great speakers it's always men, right? Like sure. the people I just like the people I just said, right? Churchill, Roosevelt, Obama. But I want to say is like Oprah can go at it with all of those and deliver powerful messages. And I think that's what got everyone in such a uproar is how great she did at this meaningful speech where she basically said like the tide is turning our time is coming where we can all be equal women and men that was a real big thing for me as she also mentioned men will also be a part of this as well will be part of this sweeping change that sees everyone as equals and no one has to say me too which is this new movement you know that started in 2017 so from a speech and a message point of view. I, I thought it was fantastic. I honestly think it's one of the best speeches I've heard definitely in my lifetime, if not of all time. You can rank that and categorize it however you want, but to me, I thought it was a fantastic speech. I loved it wholeheartedly. Now, are you, and excuse my language, are you fucking serious that a woman who pushes fake doctors in pseudoscience is capable of of making decisions with the nuclear codes or missions that kill yeah. Osama bin Laden.
4: Yeah. This like, is where
3: more to it than just a public speaker. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And there's also more to it than social issues. Does she understand the tax code? Does she know what the 12th amendment is? Does she know how the 25th amendment works? Is she, you know, there's more to it than just saying, I can give a good speech.
4: Does she know that you need to listen to your aides uh, and other things of that nature telling you, no, you shouldn't answer a phone call from this particular person, uh, right. those kind of things. Now, yes, would she have that sort of humility? Probably, of course. Right. But we're dangerously getting into this. And it started before Trump. But oh, definitely. Whole, but this whole uh, we are voting and choosing our leaders based on ideology. And we got, man, you cannot do that, man. Like you've got to, there needs to be somebody with experience. Now you can talk about ideologies and how you would like them to approach things, but you're voting on an ideology when you vote for somebody like an Oprah or a Trump, right? Because they say the right thing, the thing you want to say the way you want people to think. Yeah, that's great. And that's fine. If that's how you want somebody to, You know, who thinks who's making those decisions, but they still need to be well-experienced, well-educated. They need to understand the political back and forth and how to get things done and how to not anger somebody to where they'll never be taken serious. They need to know how... You know, I mean, that's where the experienced politician thing comes in, is they know it's a cutthroat world there, ruled by a lot of hounds, and they have to know how to navigate that territory.
3: Right. And for better or worse, the, the system isn't going to change in four years' time. And we're not saying, like, we just want someone who knows the status quo and gets through the status quo. Obviously, there's flaws in the system, and that needs to be addressed. I think what basically I'm saying, I'll speak for myself, is – you have to put these people in a situation where real world decisions need to be made. For example, you know, uh, regardless of your political standing, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, think of two situations where your favorite celebrity and how they would respond in the situation. And I'll give you those two. One, think of when Obama had to sign off and say, let's go ahead with the mission to invade and kill osama bin laden could the rock do that no could
7: oprah do that
3: no and you guys kind of uh, have understood where we stood or where we stand with with trump can trump do that absolutely not but obama can right and then the second situation just so that i don't sound like the liberal oh you're just left-leaning think about when 9-11 happened and george bush was reading books to children in florida and they went into crisis 100%. Let's get to Camp David. Let's get a mission. Let's get everything uh in order for better or worse as far as how you feel, you know, his intelligence and things like that cuz he's known as kind of a goof. Sure. He handled that day and the days uh, after that. A lot of remarkable. professionalism, right. A lot of professionalism. Again, do you think Bill Nye the Science Guy could do that? <laughs> right. Do you think, you know, do you think Jerry Seinfeld could do that? No. So stop with this Ideology, or not this ideology, the, this this uh, myth that if you're a good speaker or if you tweet fun things, that now you can tell the general public what to do.
4: You know, and just and we'll get back to this uh, after I get this little piece out. That's one of the key things that bothers me about Trump. Let alone this whole political liberal versus conservative ideology, and even if he, you know, is actually one or the other, um, it's. It's that right Everybody goes well, we, we wanted somebody who speaks our mind who who's against the grain. they don't say the standard things and blah blah blah, right But I still think, It's pretty prudent to request of your international diplomatic representatives to have decorum and professionalism. I think at a bare minimum, you can give me that. You can still have somebody who goes in there and speaks their mind and who still doesn't take crap. I see it from CEOs and and other business leaders all the time. They go against the grain. They anger people. They... They get what they want by you know what I mean by hook or crook but they still have a decorum and a professionalism about them and i think that's not hard to expect that of a of a of a, a president and you get that through years of political service like that because you have to play that game and you, you prove yourself a Statesman. I mean, Exactly.
3: Really. And have not and have knowledge of what you're doing. Right. So right. understand that if you make a decision, one, can you make that decision based off the constitution? Are there things in there that says, mm-hmm. uh, this prevents you from doing this or this allows you to do that? You know, having knowledge, professionalism, And decorum, like you said, goes a long way. And and again, these celebrities, most of them, and again, we don't know everything, right? Like, so I, 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 uh, who's the science guy that everyone loves right now? Tyson. Yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson, not Mike Tyson, Neil deGrasse Tyson. You know, he might know some things more so than, for example, the leading scientist that
4: Uh, leads the EPA. You and, know what I'm saying. And pause, and, and I'll let you continue here. But if you want him to be uh, your the president's lead aide uh, on science related matters, fine. You right. Know?
3: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If if you want the rock to lead an initiative on nutrition and physical well being, awesome. Right, right? right. That's great. Right. But but again, put those celebrity figures in situations that are real for example terror attacks or uh missions to take out terrorists and ask yourself could that person do it uh, that that's all that's uh, all i'm gonna say energy
4: crises uh things of this nature that are legitimate worries and concerns that people have and can will happen
3: yeah know? hurricane katrina uh, you know the, now, the floods that we just saw in, Flor- or in uh, florida and texas yeah
4: now all that said tom uh i don't have faith in humanity To swing it back to the way we're pleading uh, with them currently to do that. So, with that thought in mind, let's do it. I'm on. I want to see this debate. Let's get the Winfrey O'Donnell ballot. Let's bring Rosie in. Come on. Let's do this. I want to see these debates. Let's have some zingers. Let's get them on Raw. Let's go. Let's have it. I mean, it's all done anyway, right? It's all a joke now. And it's just not even, you know, let's, let's get the rock in there. Let's have a third party. Let's see what happens. Let's have the presidential rumble. Forget it, Tom. Let's just go deep in. Let's go. No. Can't beat them, join them.
3: No. We'll interview no. all of
4: them on Tim and Tom. Well, we
3: could do that, but <laughs> no. Like, no. I hope you stub your toe for thinking that way. The Winfrey That's O'Donnell
4: idiotic. ballot. No, Are you voting the Winfrey O'Donnell ballot? No.
3: <laughs> no, about, absolutely what not. What about
4: the Johnson? Who would who would be Dwayne the Rock Johnson's vice presidential candidate?
3: Well, on Saturday Night Live, he said it would be Tom Hanks.
4: Oh, so, oh, the Johnson-Hanks ballot? I'm voting the Johnson-Hanks ballot. Get out of here. I'm voting the johnson over Although, the Winfrey, <laughs> Over the Winfrey-O'Donnell and Trump-Pence ballot? You bet your life?
3: <laughs>
4: I mean, johnson- I, I, Hanks will say, <laughs> I will say this. I'm going to
3: bet of the six people you name there tom hanks probably does have the most historical (laughs) knowledge on how the government works but no absolutely not he made bad he made bad decisions tom hanks is my favorite actor but look at his body of work he made a bad movie with julia roberts where he was like flirting with the teacher who was julia roberts that movie was garbage he's also made other garbage films so maybe his judgment's not all the best especially if you look at his body of career and what he's supposed to be an expert in. He's kind of missed sometimes. Yeah. Let's just say that. And the rock. Hey, remember, this is a guy who did not know how to use his fun WWE diet. And he ended up screwing himself to where he grew women's boobs and had to get surgery to remove that. So maybe he's not the best on like telling you how to take nutrition. You know, let's, let's be honest here. Okay. And Oprah Winfrey, are you serious? She gave us Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil disqualified Oprah,
4: immediately. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Those are Dr. Pepper is more of a doctor than Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz.
4: What if we launch a eminently successful campaign to be the first ever co-president and vice president, Tim and Tom?
3: Oh, man, I don't know anything. Right, right, but neither do they, so. Well, no, no, you don't just go, well.
4: We're in in this together, Tom. Let's get it done. Let's save America. Tim and Tom (laughs) save America. There's I sometimes I forget now, I can no. picture it now. We got the buses, we've got the megaphones, we got the buttons, we got the hats. We got the Get you up. know, we've got the illegal campaign contributions. Uh, excuse me. You know, you know what I'm saying? We uh gr- uh gra- grassroots, right? No, there's
3: sometimes I forget to put underwear on. I'm not running for president. <laughs>
2: Tim and Tom.
4: Tom, I love coffee. I've got a fresh cup here of the Roastery. The Roastery is an amazing place, and there's a lot of story behind it. We're going to get into that a little bit.
3: Yeah, definitely. And as I'm joining you in my own coffee, I have a cafe au lait with almond milk, as I usually do. But Roastery has some fantastic coffee here.
4: And we have Danny O'Neill, the founder. I don't know if you have an official title. I don't know. You just
8: owner, founder, boss man, the bean baron, as it were. That yeah, bean burn is a, is kind of a we copied off early on copied off of Ben and Jerry's, so everybody has really non serious titles and that's it's for fun, but it's also kind of symbolic too. We don't take ourselves very seriously we take our product extremely seriously we're kind of neurotic about the quality part but but as far as ourselves and how many you know stupid mistakes that we make and all that kind of thing, we laugh at ourselves a lot so I think we're
4: doing it the wrong way. I think we're taking ourselves too seriously in our product. We're just letting it just. I was reading through your website earlier today, and you guys mentioned that you do things a little differently. You want the highest grade coffee that's out there. you roast it a little differently. Give us kind of a quick layman's on what sets you
8: apart. Yeah, good question. I, I always think, so what? Like, uh, even with you guys on your podcast, if I didn't know any better, I, I kind of, and I'm not, you know, icky about it, but in my mind, I kind of say, so what? What differentiate you guys? What are you going to do differently? And why would I take time to listen to your podcast? Right. So with us, so what? Your local roaster. Who cares? So what we try to do to differentiate ourselves and always have is buy the best coffee we could find in the world and people say that easily it rolls off the tongue but if you really dial back and look at what they do and how they do it there's there's a myriad of different ways of what we do we actually go we you know we've been going since 1979 we continue to just study and research and look and visit and we're just neurotically anal retentive when it comes to quality i mean like you wouldn't want to be around us if you didn't have that kind of passion for quality now, I can be a total slob in other aspects of my life, but not when it comes to that. And then secondly, so we really do endeavor to buy the best coffee we can find from each country that we're in. And we don't buy all of it, God knows. Sure. But I don't think there's anybody in the world buying better coffee than us. So secondly, we roast it the best way known to mankind. And that would just kind of spill off my lips easily for 22 years. And if there were a better roaster out there, we'd buy it. Well, guess what? We found a better roaster. Oh! And what happened was it was like this much better, like two points or 3% or 5%, but it was better. And we tested it against ours multiple times. So they actually produced slightly less volume and we had to spend like $500,000 on these roasters, but we did. So we spent 500 grand, we actually lost capacity, but we know we're having the best roasters in the world. And then finally, get it to the customer as fast as humanly possible. Right now, if you, let's say you're you're drinking that latte, and you say, "God Almighty, what is that in there?" And we say, "It's super Tuscan espresso." da da. da, da. We explain what it is. God, can I can I get some of that right now? Could you, you couldn't like roast it right now for me? Could you? Yeah, we could. And that and we want you to be able to have that that coffee as fresh as possible. Now, the equipment that we use is world-class, state-of-the-art. Nobody has better equipment or any better equipment. And I'm not saying we have the best in the world, but uh, we have as good as there is on the planet to to package that coffee. We do, you know, we remove the atmosphere. We do a nitrous gas flush. It purges the residual oxygen and moisture, and then we seal it. And the industry would tell you, well, that's good for a year or a good, for a year and a half. But your common sense would tell you, that can't be, it can't be as good, and I would say no. Every single day, it probably would take a month for the typical person to be able to, or two months maybe, but fresh is best, that's it. You know, My mom was a scratch cooker, and we used to go on, oh, for 10 kids, right? I never had, a, I, don't, I probably did, but we never bought bread until I was in college, right? She just, everything, everything scratched. We said, God, Mom, do we have to do that? yes you have to do it it all makes a difference and i'd say that's with us too it's not just that recipe because i could tell you that right now and i in my smart like would be like let me know how that works out for you because you (laughs) know there's the timing and all that special sauce and i just ate it with michael smith and uh and totally good he would give you any recipe he wants and then he'd say let let me know how that works out for you because it's all and you can't become an expert on, any, on ri- virtually anything. I can imagine people like saying, well, God, I have an iPhone, I'll get a microphone, I can do podcasts. podcast. Oh, yeah. Let me know how it works right. out, right? Yeah. right? Yeah. There is that that time, that passion, that dedication to the craft, whatever the craft is. And then you got it, you know, the infamous 10,000 hours. I don't know if it's 10,000 hours, but I know it's a pot full more than a couple of them, right? No matter what you're endeavoring to do. so. We still, we'll have a couple of, we have cupping this afternoon and there's, I've never done a cupping session and since we started. It's almost 25 years where we didn't learn something, and go, oh my God, we're learning something new every single day and, uh, and that's why I think you got, whatever the case is, I think that sets us apart. And then I, the other aspect to your question, I was just—I met a chef, and I said, "You know what?" He was talking—he just in town, talking uh, about doing business with us. I said, "You know what? If you have the time, just go over to our factory or go to any cafe and just chat somebody up and just see." I would just love for you to have that experience, and you nobody knows you. I didn't right. know you till right now. Just see how it works out, and then see if we're the kind of comf- uh, the company you want to do business with. I totally trust our team and. How they, you know, how they put themselves out there and how they're gonna take care of you. Because at the end of the day, you can really get coffee anywhere. Even if you love it as much as I do, you, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that make up your day. If you're a parent, if you're a citizen, I mean, think about it. So it, as, as important as it is to us, the other pieces, how we make you feel, how you feel, That's 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 most important. The product has got to live there, too. But we could have the best coffee in the world and be, you know, snobby and ostentatious and smug and arrogant and make you never want to do business with us. And that is that's the farthest from our culture that we'd ever want to be.
2: Tim and Tom.
8: Tom. Yes. We talked earlier about
4: Hawaii. And the missile crisis flub. Uh-huh. Unfortunately,
3: we did. Yes, we did talk about that.
4: Let's get philosophical. Right? Okay. You're Tom, you're living in Hawaii, and you get a notification on your phone. Missile's coming. Find somewhere. Tell your friends you love them. What are you going to do, Tom?
3: <laughs> I'm probably just going to eat all the food in my house and be like, yeah. well, there's nothing else that I can do. Might right. as well just eat.
4: Okay. And, and various people are going to have various answers to that, right? Some people are going to call their families, right? Some people are going to... You know what I mean? Do whatever, right? They're going to try to capture it on video or whatever, right? They're going to they're gonna have their things, right? And, and that's a philosophical question that's been asked, right? What would you do if you knew you had moments to live, right? I'll uh, eat. Right. That's my answer. Eat. Now, here's uh, another philosophical question that maybe we might have had answered for us due to Hawaii. Uh, is what would you do after finding out when you thought you had moments to live? That's no longer true everything's fine. So you're Tom in Hawaii. You get that notification. You start eating, right? You start gorging. You get 30 minutes later, you get the other notification. Everything's fine. False alarm. Shift change. Stupid Steve pushed the button. Now what do you do, Tom?
3: Puke. <laughs> Probably puke all the food I ate.
4: You're wrong, Tom. The answer is furiously masturbate because Pornhub has figured out, thanks to their data tracking purposes, uh, that shortly after... The notification came that said, hey, you know, the the government's my bad message. Within minutes, they had a 48% increase in traffic to Pornhub. (laughs) Everybody went back to, oh, okay. Woo. Okay, yeah. So, at 8.23 a.m. at the height of all... The incoming missile alert was issued at 8.07 a.m., right? At 8.23 a.m., Pornhub's traffic changed negative 77%, right? Everybody said, whoa, I got to stop masturbating and I got to get somewhere safe. And then... The false alarm statement was issued at 845 at nine Oh one. They saw a 48% increase in
3: traffic. Hey, <laughs> I mean, right back to it, man. You're yeah, excited. You know, yeah, excited. A- probably got some energy
2: to work mm-hmm. off.
4: Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, puke maybe, but after that masturbate,
2: Tim and Tom
3: state of the union. Typically, you have the other party's one response. Mm-hmm. Democrats are—they have five responses.
4: God, just too much.
3: Just one. We just need one, and everyone's left of center. Of uh, the the main response, they say is Joe Kennedy, and I get it. He's a Kennedy, so let's pimp out that name for more that we can get out of it. But um, just I mean, stop it. Five yeah. responses. And you wonder why you guys lose everything. Five responses to one speech from a guy who can't read past a third grade level.
4: I feel like the response is sufficient enough to just come up and go, I mean, really? And then just walk off.
3: All you have to say is like,
4: yeah, right? Vote for me, 2020. Hey, want to not repeat this? Vote for me. That's it. That's all you got to say.
3: Or just like. So, like, you know, and God bless America, right? And so then you fade to black as he, you know, shakes hands as he leaves. And then you fade up, you know, and there's Joe Kennedy. And Joe Kennedy, all he has to do is just be like, I mean, right? I mean, really? No, just be like, right? He's guilty. Hey, so that's going to come up pretty soon. Why don't you, you know, give us a shot. You know, we're better than that. And then that's all I got to say. Thank you. God bless America and nowhere else.
2: Tim and Tom.
3: This Sunday will be the Super Bowl.
4: Mm-hmm. The Super Bowl L2 or something.
3: Yeah. What do you, what's your uh, initial thoughts?
4: Uh, Patriots win. Lol, Brady wins.
3: But how? Do you think it's a stomping of just like... You know, the last time, because the last time these two teams met in the Super Bowl, it was a one sided beatdown, yeah. if, I, if memory serves me correctly.
4: My initial reaction is that it will be a bit more of a high scoring affair, I think, than, than some other games, maybe that the Patriots grind out. They seem to be able to do both, right? They'll grind it out if that's what it is. The Patriots feel like they're going to score enough to win, unless they just, for whatever reason, blow out a team or two that you'll see occasionally. But more often than not, I feel that like the Patriots win close games. You know, Mm -hmm. that's the feel I get. Maybe that's the Mm -hmm. ones I watch. I don't know. So that's what I feel. But I feel it'll be in your, like, 30s. Maybe one of the teams will have a... Yeah, I don't think they'll have a four. Maybe it'll be like a high 28 to a 37 or something. You know, just kind of one of those where... Right, it'll be close enough, but I think we all kind of understood the whole game that the Patriots were winning, right? One of those kind of things. is how I feel, gut reaction. But boy, would I love it. I want Nick Foles... Uh, holding that thing and just being like, "Yeah, Foles, son, huh?" I want him to say that. Well, I want him to be, you know what I mean? I want him to lick the trophy. I don't care, Nick Foles. I want Nick Foles. To, I don't know. You want to lick thing. the trophy? No, just do something weird and just be like, "I'm Nick Foles. I did this. Nobody thought I could do it. Right? I want him to like drop it on the ground and be like i 'I'm out, Nick Foles.'
3: Well, th- if they if they do win and it. Is because of Nick Foles. I think that's the most interesting thing going into next year because Carson mm-hmm. Wentz, who is arguably exactly. the MVP of this season, what exactly. do you do? Now exactly. you have a Super Bowl winning quarterback and honestly, probably the NFL MVP Listen,
4: competing for one spot. Philadelphia has no Super Bowl trophy ever. Nick Foles, if he wins a Super Bowl, He's going to be like the most famous man in Philadelphia. Yeah, they're in, actually going to
3: make a real statue of a real there, person and not of a fictitious boxer.
4: There will be, right. There will be, <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. One of the most, even some of the most famous people in Philadelphia history. Obviously, you have some of the founding fathers in there, so he's going to rank more below. More
3: no, more famous.
4: But if you ask the average Philadelphian walking around, I bet he, they, he would get named before they would. And then, yeah, he could be gone. He could be gone. Insane to think about
3: that. Or he just says, I'll be a backup. What? Yeah. I mean, he could easily say, like, I guess, yeah, I'm a "Eh. backup.
4: Hey, man, I'm Foles. You know what I am yeah. here if you need me, I right. man, because yeah, you'd be a legend. You would never have but to the, buy a drink you, again. If, but but you get a to to
3: scout team yeah. defense and never get hit. <laughs> oh, that's the. Light. I would
4: say, hey, look, I'll give me you know two million more. I'll be your backup. Yeah, if Carson if,
3: wins, if, don't get hurt again.
4: When he gets hurt again, I'll come no, in.
3: Just just hope that he does. Right, and he I know. Retire. Yeah. and then just retire and go off into the sunset as the so legend
4: great. nick Foles, super bowl yeah. l2 champion
2: tim and tom
4: we've got jason roski of the kc auction appraisal company today on the podcast you kind of mentioned this whole um idea where you know some people it's interesting to see what people have kept and what people thought was important obviously i didn't know at 10 Boy, I could keep some of these, you know, He-Man Master of the Universe toys, and they might be worth something to somebody in twenty years. How, how, what line would you recommend to somebody to go between hoarders and antique roadshow? I mean, how do you? What's a healthy balance there?
5: Right. So we tell people if you and I understand the idea of you know buying and investing and putting it away for later. Mm-hmm. I, I get that to a certain degree, but you can let it overrun your life. Right. And we see some of that. Most buyers today that we work with, uh, they don't, they're not very public about it if they're, if they're still doing that, because the shows shows like quarters have really exposed how bad that can get. And mm-hmm. we work with order houses on occasion. It's really. It can be really challenging to work through that. Yeah, it is intense because you just to imagine that somebody let a family member live like that is really disturbing to me. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as things that I tell people, enjoy what you're buying. Don't buy it with an investment in mind. Buy it because you love it. Buy it because you'll enjoy it. Buy it because you'll use it. I tell people, you know, we I do a weekly question on our website on Facebook Live, and one of them was use the china. You know so many people have sets of China that they've inherited over the years that they can never use because it was, you know, as grandma said to China, well, use it. That's what it was for. Right. Um, you know, if you have worn rugs, put them on the ground and walk on them. Yeah, you might have to clean up, but and haven't cleaned up every once in a while. But these things are meant to be used and enjoyed and have a life and, and bring joy to your life. And if you can enjoy it by walk, looking at the China cabinet, that's fine. But if you have, you know, sets of sterling flatware and good sets of China – Put them out. Use them on a Thursday night dinner because it's just Thursday night. It will change the mentality of young folks. I mean, I don't know about you guys. When I was a kid, I heard "Don't touch that" a hundred times at Grandma Grandpa's house mm-hmm. every Hell time we yeah. went. Yeah, I'm, right. So we've all heard that. And when you tell an ent- and it's I don't know if that was unique to our generation, but I don't. I think it kind of was. When you tell an entire generation of kids "Don't touch it," well, guess what? They don't yes. want to touch it when they're adults either <laughs> mm-hmm. right. and and it kind of that's led to the last ten, fifteen, twenty years an actual decrease in values of a lot of antiques and collectibles that at one point were considered to be you know, blue chip investments and always going to go up in value. Of course, the markets change, and sure. the demographics of our country changes, and the baby boomers are now downsizing and retiring and moving to florida and they're going from the six thousand square foot house to a twenty two hundred square foot condo, mm-hmm. and they have two kids as opposed to four brothers and sisters.
4: You know my and parents. The kids are
5: having kids. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah. And, you're, and, you're, and their kids are having two kids uh, later in life, and it's just it's a complete change in the whole way the world distributes used pieces and estate mm-hmm. items through a family, and it's just a matter of trying kind to of navigate that, understanding that as Let's say it's your grandparents, and they've collected these things. Some lady, uh, a gentleman today, or her, her, his wife has collected perfume bottles and hat pins and dolls for a long time, and has come to the realization at seventy years old that her kids appreciate them, but they don't need a hundred dolls.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: So, what do but you the think? The real question, the real oh, thing is: Go ahead. Did she did she enjoy it enough to have it herself? And when people yeah. are looking to buy things, if you get to the end of your life and nobody wants it. Will it still be worth it? Will you enjoy having it more than the value that you put into
4: it? Right. So, so what do you think my father's uh, truck stop 8-track tapes are probably worth then? He's got about 17 of them things still stuffed in a box. <laughs> I don't even think he's got a player you for it. You
5: know, 8-tracks eight, eight are, I've heard, I've not followed this market closely, but I've heard that 8-tracks are a small group of collectors out there. Uh-huh. Problem with 8-tracks is they actually break. Yeah, and once they're broken, you can't. The same thing Let's with see. records. Records are a really hot market right now, mm-hmm. uh, but the the condition is so crucial uh, in the value of any of these things. You know, a record in you know that's still sealed can be worth a hundred dollars. You open up the plastic and it's worth fifty. And if it's has scratch, it's worth ten bucks. And and that holds true in so many different other areas. A piece of glass that's in perfect shape worth five hundred bucks with a chip can
4: worth two hundred easily. Uh, can really drop the value quickly. Well, Tom, our get-rich plan uh, went out the window with that. Um, <laughs> another...
2: Tim and Tom,
4: you went to college, and obviously you went to high school, and you know what it's like to to go to a raging house party, right?
3: Mm-hmm. I mean,
4: it's just i it, it's it's almost a passage of, of youth in in America, in the United States of America, right? You go to some house parties, you drink some some cheap warm alcohol and you break something that's not yours right i mean and you'd listen to loud probably bad music and you meet someone and you know whatever happens happens right
3: as a part of the american lexicon or international lexicon even if you're in the canadians or uh Mm -hmm. mexicans or any other nations that we have on this great world
4: uh well let me tell you um i personally have never lived In Los Angeles. But, I can only imagine, house parties are pretty intense out there. Wouldn't you imagine?
3: Love house parties. And yeah, out there, for
4: sure. For For sure. sure. So, it came as a bit of a shock to some of the citizens there to find out that the LA City Council was thinking about banning house parties. So... What do we do? What do we advocate for all the time here on Tim and Tom? Uh, to use your local political institutions to your advantage, right? You have the right to petition the government. You can go change something that you don't like. You can go try to stop a bad bill from happening. And that is what two uh, upstanding, proud L.A. house partying citizens did, Tom. And I have some audio for you here. Identify yourself.
9: What up, counsel? My name is Chad Kroger. Um, I'm an activist and house party enthusiast. Over the past week, I've been in a state of deep despair upon hearing the news that LA is trying to outlaw house parties in the Hollywood Hills. I am here determined to stop this future atrocity. House parties were the bedrock of my development as a young man in San Clemente. My first introduction to manhood came when the captain of my water polo team, Boomer Kingsley, asked me to shotgun a tall can of Bud Light in front of the whole squad at his end of the season bash. His parents were in Tahoe at the time so we tore that weekend up. It was epic and I was super stoked.
4: Super stoked.
9: My newfound confidence gave me the courage to ask out the most popular girl in school, Lauren Stockholder, to prom that year. She rejected me and I had to go with <laughs> Stacy McMillan but I didn't care because I was so amped on chugging with my boys. That's what house parties do. Raging at house parties.
4: Can, can I pause here for a second? This is an official like L.A. City Council yes. meeting. Okay, so it's there's, the best. It's great. the best City Council meeting. Is <laughs> yeah. the
9: truest Thank way you.
4: to part. Next, uh, next seeker, so, please of all, come and identify as Rude, right? Rude. Yeah, don't cut don't cut uh, the kid off for expressing his own opinion. His heartfelt emotions that he clearly listened to him. Yeah, he's an L.A. surfer, bro. But he had some well thought out, uh, good words. He was well spoken, you know. For
7: and examples,
4: he and used examples. good examples. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here we go. We'll we'll continue on. Yes, yeah.
7: What up, council? My name is J.T. Parr. I am also here to defend parties in the Hollywood Hills. (laughs) I grew up like most kids, worried I couldn't bench two plates, that I wouldn't fit in, that I wouldn't find love. Then I discovered partying, and suddenly all those worries went to the wayside. I didn't need love. I had keg stands. Yes! I discovered I was great at raging, and it revealed wonderful things about myself. I could relate to bros regardless of what kind of bro they were i could be at a party and moon people and everyone would laugh you know be witty (laughs) or i could play beer pong and compete with real integrity in short i fulfilled my potential if you outlaw house parties you may keep the volume down but an externality is that you may keep people from bonding America needs bonding. People need to put aside their differences and find common joy. There's no more effective environment for that than a frickin' rager. This is the best exemplified of me and Chad's relationship. We were star-crossed. He a surfer, me a bodyboarder. Thank
5: you. Thank you. And I want to welcome you to LA Council's Bill and Ted's Excellent uh, Adventure.
4: Uh, yeah, okay. Again. All right. Again. Timeout. Yeah. Timeout.
3: First off, dated reference. Get it together. That was stupid. Yeah. And second, rude. And you have just dismissed his real concern that you will dis. You will you will do a disservice by not allowing bonding to happen. Bonding which totally does happen at house parties.
4: And I want to clue you into the fact there, Mister Councilman, you stumbled on the term L.A. City Council's Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Meanwhile, he's throwing out externalities. So maybe you should pay attention, huh, bro? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, house, house parties. parties. Man, house parties are a part of the American fabric. A bonding yeah, involved here keg stand where else are you gonna moon people and talk where are you gonna have surfer bros and bodyboarders? just relate even though they're different kind of bros it's how not are happen. you
3: gonna perfect beer pong if that not a house party
2: tim and tom
4: so tom you yeah you love you love dogs
3: I love dogs they are dogs, my yeah. favorite thing in the world. I love yeah. them more than people I love them more than chocolate. I love them more than a great meal after a long day of hard work. Dogs are my absolute favorite.
4: I've got a couple of dogs myself and uh, just one or two and then of course uh, uh, dogs are not the only you know pet an animal that roam around this great city, Tom. And sometimes they don't have a place to go or they get lost on their way. (laughs) And there's some wonderful organizations that take care of that for us and then help try to get them back to loving homes and connect loving homes to loving pets. And one of those organizations that I think a lot of people know well, but maybe might not know a whole lot about is Wayside Waves. You've heard of Wayside Waves, Tom? Yeah.
3: I definitely have. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> we got one of our one or two dogs there, uh, Carrington, a few years back. Uh, and we actually have the communications manager at Wayside Waste with us yes. with Casey Wall. Um, Casey, are you, you're with us there. You can hear us. Uh, it took a little bit. but
10: I can I can hear you guys. Yeah, I'm here. Um,
4: yeah, we uh, we had quite a few technical difficulties trying to get Casey connected here. So we're,
10: uh, we're happy <laughs> to have you on. It's working now, though. Right.
3: Well, Casey, my first question for you is, you know, like we mentioned, dogs are my favorite thing in the world. Cats, I like all types of animals, but as far as for wayside waves, what's more, what's Mm -hmm. like the most challenging thing about working with wayside waves? I I imagine it's not always, you know, dog parties and and cuddling (laughs) with cats. So, like, what what's the challenging part about? being with this organization.
10: Yeah, definitely. You know, um, I like to focus on the positive and a lot of what I see in my world is the positive, but you're so right. There's a lot of sad, a lot of sad that happens and seeing those animals come into the shelter and they're homeless. Some of them were just strays running around in the cold. Some of them were abandoned by their owners or abused, whatever the case may be. And just knowing that they don't have a home to go to and you know, like you guys probably can relate. They don't have a couch so they can hop up, in or a bed at night, or someone who's just gonna give them a piece of chicken at dinner, that kind of thing. So knowing that those animals are sad, um, but then I try to flip it to the, the goods as soon as possible and know that they have landed in the right place because Wayside Waste takes care of all the animals. And really ultimately gets them those forever homes that they deserve.
4: We're certainly glad that you guys are out there doing that. But it even goes beyond what, if you tell somebody animal shelter or, you know, whatever the proper term may, might be, they may just mm-hmm. think of, you know, oh, they've got some dogs in crates. But you guys also have uh, a pet cemetery. You guys have other services. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys get into a lot more than just housing animals.
10: Yeah. Definitely. You know, we're not just a pet adoption organization. Um, obviously, that's the primary focus for us, but we do have that pet cemetery. Um, we focus on the full life of the animal and we know that, unfortunately, we lose our pets and, unfortunately, they don't live as long as human beings, so we typically experience the death of a pet. And so we want to be there for families and we want to make it as easy as possible and have a place so they can come back and spend some time with their pet, just like you do with human beings at a cemetery. So we do have that available. We have a bark park on our campus where it's off-leash in the dark and just go out and roam and run and play and have a good time together. We have a lot of other things that just get people involved, like, for example, with whiskers and Wags retail store, so at the time of adoption, you don't have to worry about making another stop on your way home to pick up that collar that you need or the pet food or the kitty litter. You can just pick it up right there as you're doing the adoption and it's a one-stop for you and it makes it easy for you and the pet. So there's a lot going on in that sense. And we also, something fun that really is happening is our humane education. That's not really necessarily a service, as you put it, but um, we go out into the community or students will come to our organization. And not only do they get to interact with the animals, but they get to learn about the proper treatment of animals, what to do if you see a stray animal. You know, not to run up to it and just give them a hug, just because that's what you could do with your dog at home. So it's really, you know, about being safe and that kind of thing. So, so right lot... now, oh, keep going. <laughs> no, we keep just have going, a I'm lot sorry. going on to really touch on the life of you and your
2: pet from beginning to end. Tim and Tom.
4: Uh, I got a little bit of a cussing, shouting match with a 40-year-old uh, soccer mom this weekend.
3: Yes, you did. Okay. All right. Yes. You are that parent. Let's yeah. hear it.
4: All right. So we go to an indoor soccer arena. Have you been in one of these before? hmm So so it's set up with the glass partitions, almost hockey style, right? And so you're watching from the outside of that while these kids are in there playing. And because of that, they've got like a little booth where they've got all the tech stuff, right? And it's kind of, it's just set up so that if you're standing on one side, it's hard to see over all the way to the other side. Well, my son typically plays as defender and they weren't, uh, you know, the other team was keeping the ball on that side. So I go over there so I can get a better view of my son and I'm standing Mm -hmm. there. I am standing there. And that's all I'm doing. And I start hearing from these ladies, if I can call them that, in the stands next to me, right? There's a little set of bleachers right next to me. You can go over to the other side again. You can leave. Nobody wants you over here, right? Just saying it out loud, right? And I kind of look over and see them and they like see me seeing them and they stop giggling and look away. And I'm just kind of like, really? Like, these are adult women. These are older than me, right? And I'm old. And so, so I'm like, whatever, right? And I just go back to watching the game, right? And then one of them taps me and they were like, excuse me, we're having trouble seeing over you, which was ABS because I knew exactly where I was standing in a way to minimize any problem that that would be. But she was like, so you could you just, you know, go back over there? And I went, ah, no. And I started watching the game again. Right. No. Woo. Right? So you stood no. up for yourself. I said, no. Well, I started. I would like kind of turn around. I was like, ah, no, because you know what? Had you did that first and been like, hey. I'm sorry, I can't, you know what I mean? You'd have been nice, but you were over here yammering like high school teenage girls, right? And trying to passively, aggressively uh, shout things my way, right? Hoping that I would go away. And I'm not that guy to do that, right? So I said, no. And then they start going, we can't see it, and I went, then move, right? And I went, and they're like, well, no, you should sit down. I went, I'm not. Watch the game. Leave me alone. And I go back to watching. And they talking again. And I say again, leave me alone and watch the game and they say something again you bye, bye bye, why don't you say that? and i went i don't know who the hell you think you are and they go i don't know who the hell you think you are and i went i'm the guy standing right here and you're the person that's going to leave me alone about it watch the game right i'm like getting mad i'm like leave me alone that's all I want. Time, time on. out,
3: time out, time out. Okay. So as you do that, do you completely lose perspective of like where you're at? No. Like what I'm huh. saying is yeah. like when I get no. angry, uh, I go like, oh, I'm zeroed in on this yeah. person or this subject.
4: Uh, yes. I mean, yes. Obviously, you're going to lose some of your peripheral, right? But yeah, I did. I still, you know, I mean, I wasn't like shouting at the top of my lungs, but I was letting her know, you'd be best to leave me alone right now, right? Like I'm not the person who you're used to going Man, get out of here. And they go, Oh my God, I better get out of here. I, no, no. I'm watching the game. I'm over here to watch my son. Shut up, right? Leave me alone. And that's all I'm saying, right? Just leave Were you me by yourself? alone. Yeah, I was by myself. Well, my wife was over on the other side still with our teams parents and stuff right and some others of our parents were over there but they were further over right past those people's bleachers right over kind of more towards the end end of the of the goal if that makes any sense i'm more mid on their side if that makes sense right and, and even their side right i mean really let's get out of here right oh so, well that's stupid yeah. right so, so hold on okay. so what does
3: nikki do when you first say that does she like come oh she's by? not there no
4: no she doesn't know any of this is going on i'd tell her this happened after oh, okay gotcha I, okay. it's it's me and these couple ladies and the one of them took on the spokesperson aspect of it right Well, the reason I ask is because
3: you're a big guy. So if you speak Mm -hmm. up, it's not like something where you're like, oh, what's that little guy over there
4: doing? You're a big dude with a booming point. I was fully expecting, and I knew I was in the right, because there were plenty of males that I assume knew them very well that heard all of this and had nothing to say and had no looks my way and just went about watching the game, right? Because they understood, leave that man alone and watch the game. That's all that you guys got to do, and this problem is over. So... I'm watching the game and finally there's a stop in action, right? Everybody's going to come in, right? It wasn't it wasn't halftime, it was one of those kind of things, right? Everybody stop. Sure, so I'm like, yeah. "All right, I'm going to leave now, right? Because I've had enough of these people, right?" And I walk off and I hear, "Don't come back." And I just immediately, t- and I probably should have not used this exact word choice, but I went, if you want to keep throwing out rude, sarcastic comments. I'm pretty sure I'm better at that than you are. Okay. Soccer moms so shut the f-, f up. And I like turned around and just started to walk away and they start saying something again. I was like, F off. Right. You know what I mean? Like, just leave me alone. And so that's it. Right. I'm t- I go immediately tell my wife and she was like, Ugh, right. Like, okay. And that lady, guess Tom, of course. We go to leave, and we go to get in our car. Guess who I am parked right next to? (laughs) No cars between us. None. Right? Murphy's Law here, right? Yes. So, she's in the car, and I see her pull up her phone to take a picture, so I smile at her, right? Like, hey. And I'm like, wait a minute. Why'd she take a picture? She's going to, like, complain or something. Mm -hmm. So, I send my message to my son's coach and I say, Hey, I wanted to let you know this happened. I said X, Y, and Z. I maybe could have used some better word choice, but I was pretty upset with how I was being treated. And he said, yeah, that's a pretty big rival of ours. Some of our kids go to the same school and there's always heated tensions. No harm done. He goes, yeah, they already said something to us. No harm done. And I was like, good. Cause I was not going to take it. I'm done. Yeah. So maybe in hindsight, yes, I might not have said, shut the F up and F off, but I had it and people, I'm tired of people. You can't do that around. My, you're not going to sit there and do those passive aggressions. You should leave. And then all your friends are going, not on me. Oh, not over me. You won't. I will embarrass you in front of all of your friends and family. Hold and on. You know hold what on. I mean? So, like
3: it is going hold to on. so as you're walking to the car, uh-huh. does Nikki know about the situation at that yes. point? Yes. So does Nikki know like, oh God, we're coming up on the person that you just had all the No, I don't with.
4: think she knew, knew it was the person. But I told uh, okay. her the altercation happened, right. Mm-hmm. And then I told her as we got in the car, I was like, how's the lady? And she took my picture and she was like, oh, jeez." But you know what I mean? Like, it, yes, I get a little, I hone in on cuss words. I don't care. I don't care about them at all. Why We picked seven or eight words that are bad. F off. You know what I mean? Screw you. I'm more intent about your intent, right? Tom, if I call you a mother flipping bumhole, if I say it when I'm mad, it means the same thing as if I call you the cuss word versions of that, right? So I'm not concerned with what you say to me. I'm I'm concerned with what you're trying to say to me. So if Mm -hmm. anybody had a stance of, you shouldn't have been cussing in there around people, I argue the worst thing for those children to see was you acting like a complete a-hole to somebody you've never met and trying to passively, aggressively shout things over them near buy because that's the worst activities that you engaged in as a person that i did no i don't care. so here's the million dollar question do you guys play them again oh no we don't play them again at least this season in oh! in, in next like in the next when spring rolls around yep, yep. and when's that like when's the like? Start I think it starts date. some in March. I'm not sure if we're 100 percent necessarily going to be on that team either, though. Oh no, he's, you he's have on to be. a. I know, I want to be. He's on a team that's out of our area because the teams on his area were already full, and so they didn't, uh, you know, they didn't have room, so they had to like send him down uh, to Shawnee, basically, from where we live. So we travel quite a bit to get there. But I would, just, you know what, man, like. I came over and y'all started hurling rude insults and then tried to like tap me on the shoulder and let me know that you really weren't sincere and quote unquote asked me to leave. And you were not expecting somebody to say no. And that's all that boiled down to. They couldn't handle somebody telling them, no, leave me alone.
3: That's what happened. Look at yeah, that. But yeah, maybe I should Do not mess. Do not mess with Tim. That is the story it's of the just, episode. Don't. You're not going to tell me where to stand. You're hey, not going to tell me where right. to go. You're right, Tim. I mean, yeah, hey, I get it. Don't raise your voice to no. me, man. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Right, yeah. Just do whatever you need, man. Hey, as long yeah. as you're comfortable.
4: Well, I'm glad we could understand. I mean, don't it's...
3: yell at me, Tim. Uh, yeah. okay? Well, you
4: know, don't so make just, me hey, don't make me yell at you. We're both friends here. We do yeah, a we podcast. Are. We are. I'm um, a likable guy. I get along with a lot of people. You've you're very it? liberal with the word like. You've seen it. <laughs> likeable is <laughs> Theoretically maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sir. I mean, you can like anybody, really. I mean. <laughs> yeah. No. So, yeah. So, that's the kind of person. I don't know what was revealed to me more this weekend. The fact that I'm the type of person that will very quickly cuss out a 40-year-old soccer mom or the type that is kind of proud about it. Right? So, I don't know what was more <laughs> revealing to me in that moment.
2: Tim and Tom. Apple
3: employees that's a, that's the job of the future isn't yeah, it apple employee, like, apple's right? never going anywhere they make right. more per square foot than any other store in the country that is a fact <laughs> per wow. square foot of their stores they make more money than any other company in wow. the United States of America that's right yeah. so wow
4: right yeah that's impressive
3: must be brilliant people <laughs> to be hired as an apple employee uh, well okay. fun fact <laughs> They like art, and with art comes weird designs, and with weird designs typically comes a lot of glass, and an Apple employee apparently always has their head in their phone, and now Apple employees are getting concussions, apparently, because they keep running into the glass at their headquarters. What are you doing, (laughs) Apple? You're supposed to be the wave of the future. How am I supposed to trust the future when the future job can't even keep their head up and keeps running into glass?
4: Pull your head out of your apps.
3: Yeah, pull right. your head out of your apps. That should be the name of this episode. Right. I like that. Pull your head yeah. out
4: of your apps. <laughs> yeah.
3: So apparently, what they did to hopefully remedy the the uh, issue that they had track. is they put no, well, <laughs> s- somewhat they were putting sticky notes on the glass. Oh my God. So like, hey, do you see that like bright pink or bright yellow yeah, sticky well, note? However, this is because- easier.
4: Frost the glass. Then what are you doing?
3: What does that say about the future? Hey, guys. So we have this brand new headquarters. It's amazing. This year's budget did take a little bit of a hit. As you know, we had to frost the glass because people kept running into the glass. Like, Mm. good night. Just walk. You don't have to do that.
4: Never underestimate the stupidity of the public at large, Tom. I want to make sure it's very clear that we are making a declaration that any merchandise or slogans involving the terms, pull your head out of your apps, uh, you will be sued. That's ours. That is us. That is ours. Pull, pull your, your head, head out, out of your apps. apps.
2: Tim and Tom. I want to quit social
3: media. Talk me off the ledge or push me off. Why? Tell me Tell me what. Well, what what's, good?
4: Tell, what's good with this social media? Tell people why you want to get rid of it.
3: Everyone's just, ye- so um, we're not going to get into the issue of what is going on in the country because we're kind of in agreement and it feels like we just be yelling into microphones. But obviously, there was a school shooting that is very tragic. With every school shooting, it seems like sides are being taken. That's the mm-hmm. given, right? So that's mm-hmm. the elephant in the room. That's mm-hmm. the subject matter of what made me bang my head up right. against the wall.
4: It's the gun control so, debate. We will not debate gun control, but the gun control debate is, has has spurned Tom's feelings.
3: So this is, this is why I get so upset with it. You're just yelling at a wall. No one's mind has ever been changed from a meme, from one of these, I don't know who you are, viral videos where a guy either holds a gun or a guy either takes apart a gun. No, that's never changed anyone's mind. All you're doing is you're patting each other on the back. You're saying, like, I'm going to share this, right? The Second Amendment also says this. Remember that anti gun. And everyone that's anti gun goes, oh, yeah, you're so right. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it crazy? These people are so stupid. Ah, yeah. ah, 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 yeah. Right? So that's one thing that happens. Or, and this is the more annoying of the two, someone goes, like, well, actually, you're wrong. Right. And then you go, like, oh, God. And you hit your. You hit your hand on your head and you go, let's follow this because what else do I got going on in my life? Yeah. And then you see this like, well, George Washington said this, but then <laughs> the later Abe Lincoln said this. And then in the Constitution, yeah. they wore wigs. And then it either goes into like, let's just agree to disagree or someone gets blocked. And then if someone gets blocked, that person that got blocked, because your friends most likely with both people. They'll put some pseudo passive aggressive, like guess not everyone's feelings can be as strong as the second amendment or you know, some <laughs> malarkey like <laughs> yeah. that or pull and your then, head out of your apps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so you're just like, wow, what are we doing? Yeah. And so it's mm-hmm. just becoming nauseating by, I mean, it's either, or it's either everyone's patting each other on the back because don't you agree with me? I need people to agree with me or, or, One person disagrees. And then all your people that you wanted that do agree with you jump on your bandwagon. And then we attack this person because they're wrong because their view stance isn't like my view stance. And it's just like, Hey man, you talk to someone in person. That's all I'm saying. Talking to someone in person. One, in my opinion, gets rid of the online ego. I call it. I can easily type to you and say, well, sir, you are dumb, right? But if me and you are talking, especially you Tim because you're a bigger guy, you might not be so bold to be like, "Hey, I think you're actually pretty stupid. Right. Don't you think so?" And you're like, "You know, you don't say that to someone face to face." So if you really want change, you do it face to face. Facebook is great to share. This this is how I view social media. This is a, the Tom's view of social media. Facebook, you share events, life events, right? Did you go to a concert? Did you see a comedian? Did you get married? Did you break up with someone? Did you get a new job? Facebook, right? Ah, that's great. Share that stuff. That's what Facebook is for. Twitter. Twitter's for rapid conversations, right? Mm-hmm. Monday Night Raw's on. Oh, my God, you see the first hour? Oh, my God, Seth Rollins wrestled for an hour. The guy's Super had Bowl. a stupid. Yeah, right. Super Bowl. Oh, my God, you see that third down conversion? da da da, da. That's Twitter.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Instagram is, check out my life. You know how cool mm-hmm. my my life is? Mm-hmm. Photos. Look at my pets. Look at all that photo. Yeah. Look right. at that! Look at my food! Look at my baby! Right. Look at my house! Look yeah. at my car, or right. look at someone else's car, right.
0: you
3: know? <laughs> like whatever yeah. it is. Right. That's Instagram. Snapchat is stupid. It's dead. Just don't go on Snapchat. So those are three big ones, right? That's how you do it. Oh, and, and by the way, dogs are good for all three platforms.
2: Tim and Tom.
4: You mentioned to me that you want to know more about some real estate. Of course. Obviously, uh, when you want to do that, at Tim & Tom, we accept only the best, so we're going to go to the best realtors out. I mean, that seems seems easy enough to do. So we're going to go to Keller Williams Realty Partners. Did you know they're the largest brokerage in the city, Tom? I did not. Yeah. Over $1.2 billion in sales last year. Over 506 agents. Tom, we've got one of those agents here. Right now. And as far as I am aware, I've had some dealings with Keller Williams. Uh, this is the best. And it's I like Stacey it. Saladin. Well, good.
3: Our good. listeners deserve the best. So I'm glad that we can provide the best from yeah. Keller Williams.
4: Yeah, even more than we normally do, uh, providing the best. Uh, we're doing so now in the realty aspect of it. And we have Stacey Saladin of Keller Williams. A lot of back and forth. Stacey, you know me very well. Uh, you sold um, uh, sold, and, and helped me buy a couple properties recently. Uh, So we want to thank you for that. And it let me know that you'd be uh, well to answer any and all of Tom's questions. Tom, you want to kick it off? What's your first question?
3: It's more of a general question, but what should someone who's looking to buy a house, what's the steps that they need to take before jumping in and, you know, writing their name down on a contract, like what, what do they need to do? What's some things that you would suggest they be prepared for, for a, for example, first time buyer?
0: That's a great question. And that's something everybody should ask before they jump into it, because there, there really is kind of an order of events that makes the process go a lot smoother the very first thing, aside from finding a realtor and hiring someone to help you and represent you in your best interest throughout the process, is getting pre-approved. And what I mean by that is is just figuring out your financing plans, if you're planning to get a mortgage, talking with a lender, going through that pre-approval process, and having that nailed down and having the letter ready to go. Uh, because it's a super competitive market right now. And if you're not Really tight on your on your financing plans and have that really secure, then you really are at a disadvantage when you you know go out there and and make an offer on a home, aside from the pre approval process. The other thing that I think is really important to do when you get started is just sitting down with the realtor who's going to be helping you navigate this whole process and having a good long conversation about what you're looking for, being clear on what you're your wants are what your needs are you know what are the things you can't give on just making sure that you have a really clear picture of of what you're out there looking for
4: stacy how insufferable are some and i say insufferable but how how lofty maybe are some expectations like how who's the the worst you've had to deal with and why is it me
0: And, and why is it you Oh, gosh. You know, everybody just has kind of comes into it with a different perspective. And I've just learned to appreciate that some people are more educated about the market than others. And that's part of my job. And what I do is is just kind of help people feel more educated and and be prepared to, to get into the game. You know, sometimes people do come into it with unrealistic expectations. And, you know, one way that I try to help educate people is through showing them options and, you know, giving them ideas of what is out there in their price range. And and it sometimes doesn't take very long for them to look through options, even online, and say, you know what, this isn't at all what I want, and I'm going to have to spend more to get it, for example. Sometimes it just, we go through a few iterations to just learn and educate. That usually kind of helps people get to
2: get to a better point to to know what they want to do. Tim and Tom. Valerie Valerie, Valerie. Valerie. Josephine
3: You're the same girl I used to be. Boop Baller
2: Valerie.
3: Oh, oh,
2: oh, 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 oh. Oh, I love it. Tim and Tom. Tom, what'd you do
3: this week? So, hey, man, there's only one story I've got because everything else is kind of irrelevant. As we ended last week's episode. Right? Another yeah, yeah. great episode of Tim and Tom. Uh-huh. Fantastic. Great. It was a great Love episode. It. And even more so, if you listen back to the end of the episode, I get a little emotional. Between the modest Yahoo's one day, Bubba Wallace Jr.'s crying when he hugged his mom at the Daytona five hundred, yep. I was feeling good and like, you know, the world the yeah. world is a
11: good place, yes. right? Right
4: we, you were.
3: If we get this together, we could do some really amazing things, yes, okay? That's how yes. I was feeling. Right? Yeah. So let me paint that picture for the listeners. <laughs> I was in that mood where I was like,
1: yes. Yes, yes you yes, were.
3: We could definitely make some progress and make this world better kumbaya exactly so i get up i look out the window
4: like literally after we stop recording too this is like immediately
3: after yeah like i said hey all right see you know talk to you next week whatever i look out the window just because the view from the library where i record the library but the library room it's a nice view like you can see the neighborhood pretty well right yeah so i just wanted to take a take a gander as they say so I just pull the curtain to the side and I see my dome lights on.
4: Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the, what the from hell is your car my, out on the street Yeah,
3: from my car that I parked on the street and I go, what the hell is my dome light doing on? And then just stupidly in the most innocent, confused voice I think I could ever produce. I just out loud say, I think someone's breaking into my car.
7: Yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't
3: believe it for two reasons. One, you never think that your car is going to get broken into. I mean, you you prepare for it and everything, but like you still don't go to bed every night going like, oh God, this is the night. One, it was like, I can't believe my car is getting broken into. And then two, I can't believe I'm catching the person in the process. It's not like... I see my dome light on. I notice my door is open. There's no one around. I go down. I notice, oh my God, my car's been broken into. I can see the person breaking into the car. (laughs) And so I just, as I mentioned, I just say out loud stupidly and just so confused and bewildered. I think someone's breaking into my car. Just so happens to be that Emily was reading her book in her bedroom. She goes into like, let's throw down (laughs) and I don't think I've ever seen anyone, especially her. She
4: cleared your turning staircase in one leap. I don't know how she did that. Exactly.
3: Yeah. She, she's down there in a second. And so then that's when the bewilderment turns into like protection, you know, uh, like I have a dog here, obviously Emily, I, I want, you know, my things. I want my, my loved ones to be protected. so, then I sprint down. It dawns on me like, okay, it's just one person. It's not like I had to first like make sure like it was just one person. It's not this like gang warfare of like right. they're breaking in the car and they're breaking into the house. You know, it was just one isolated person. Right? right. So I get down there and then I think to myself, I don't have anything valuable in my car and I never have. It's, it's yeah. always been empty. The most you'll ever find is maybe six cents right. and that's being generous. Emily is safe. Joe isn't freaking out uh, the dog. And I can see what's happening. They didn't break anything. Let's just take some information. Let them go because you never know who's armed. And we obviously were not. We were not in this uh, situation.
4: Right.
3: So let them just go. Well, Emily, like I mentioned, sprinted down the, the staircase and she was not in the same mm-hmm. let's <laughs> gather information and then let's you know, calmly assess the this
4: situation and see what, right. if the authorities yeah. have anything to say about it.
3: That's a my, that was my mindset. Her <laughs> mindset was you ain't touching <laughs> our Elbow
4: stuff. to the teeth yeah. is what she was saying. So
3: she, she opens the door and uh, yeah. smart about it where yeah. she was protecting herself with the door. So she, you could see her head basically and that right. was it and get the sensor but- button ready because sometimes uh, we censor here, yeah. but she goes, Hey, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. And they just sprint like they, they jump in the it was two people and they, I believe, gets back in the car and they just take off. and they were going down a one-way street because we live on a one-way street the wrong way. Oh jeez. And so you know, we filed the police report and hey, Kansas City Police Department love you guys and I understand no one was murdered and this city sometimes priorities are murder first and everything second and I get that. And this wasn't one of those situations, but have a little enthusiasm. You would have thought I asked this lady to listen to me tell her about my favorite memories in life, and she was not enthused. Like, I was like, okay, so here. And she's like, hold on. What's your name? What's your date of birth? Does this person have a head? you're like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah." Is anything stolen? I was like, there's nothing to steal. Okay. Hold on. That changes the form. Okay. So what's your social? What's the car? And I was like,
4: we need to catch
10: these. (laughs) (laughs) He is getting away.
4: What is wrong with you?
3: And so I have friends that live in the neighborhood. And so I'm texting everyone. Hey, it's this car, this type. Be on the lookout. Get your pitchforks
4: and your torches. And we're going to go get this guy.
3: And so then we get on our Facebook because obviously it's 2018 and that's what you have to do. And we belong to a neighborhood watch private Facebook page and we go through. So we post in there, Hey, this is what happened. And man alive, same profile, six to ten other people are like, that happened to me too last week. That happened to me on this street. That happened to me at this time of the night. This is here and there. Together we have now asked for more uh, presence from our security and uh, law enforcement. And so now they've uh, been patrolling the streets a little bit more. But it changed where we park because now we no longer park in the street
4: yeah i remember you calling me and i was just kind of bewildered by the whole situation i was like this happened just now like i just came up here and got a drink and sat down man and you're like yeah 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 it's like what is going on but yeah i knew immediately the police they might not have even filed that report tom <laughs> they might have wiped their well, mouth they gave, that yeah they to-
3: <laughs> yeah they gave me a case number which again i sure. I, I work in a case-based what? system What's the case number the- four was it four yeah, exactly yeah, right? i can i can come up with some numbers too but it was just incredible because as
4: i mentioned i just never thought here's the deal they probably have one case number that's like a legit case number but they give it to every so when everybody calls they're like i need to check on case number qz and they're like oh uh, uh we haven't heard anything yet man they're gonna go interview some subjects today
2: tim and tom
4: this week, we've got Jeff Miner of the Triumph program. This is a real unique thing, sets of things that Jeff does. He works, uh, as he, uh, w- you'll hear more when he explains it, but he's sports psychology and sports counseling, kind of married the two together. You got a thing going on called the Triumph. Program and it kind of centers around some sports psychology. If I'm understanding this correctly, can you help us maybe give a layman's term as to what you do? What I
12: do is it's a mix between sports psychology and sports counseling. Kind of. I started out and I went into the counseling field because I wanted to help athletes that struggled with issues like I did, like anxiety, performance anxiety, dealing with the pressure of everybody, the expectations, and college scouts watching you and all that kind of stuff. And I really struggled with that. I was a good athlete, but I just never was able to be as good as I could have been Mm -hmm. if I would have had it more in control. So what I did was I kind of became the person that I wish I would have had to talk to. You know, I look back at my past and I look back and I say, God, I wish somebody would have helped me deal with the pressure, the anxiety or the emotions or after I blew out my knee and I was done and I, it's like, I wish I would have had somebody to talk to. Mm -hmm. So I became a counselor and my first jobs were basically... You know, did an internship with athletes at the University of Utah and then I went and I did some things with the Olympic committee. I did I worked with athletes with eating disorders. And then I also worked with the American Athletic Association of the Deaf Coaching, which was part of the Olympic Umbrella, But what I did was I was able to do my counseling and, and go through the traditional counseling piece. And then I was at the Olympic Committee and I had this little gold pass. And that pass kind of let me go in to watch all the sports psychologists at the Olympic Committee that were working with the athletes that I was working with. And so I started seeing these techniques and how I could use those in my practice and How using biofeedback to help people relax and doing all these sports psychology things and being able to offer a a little different twist is I can help people go into their past. Sports psychologists are kind of stuck with, they can go into the future basically, but they don't deal with trauma. They don't deal with past emotions or fears or things like that. So that's something different that I can do that a sports psychologist necessarily isn't trained to do.
3: What are some of those challenges, you know, we've been speaking about people that need to gain confidence or you know, believe in themselves from limiting beliefs that were either put on them by friends or family. But have you ever had any type of clients where they're overconfident, everything should be coming to them so easy, but then they hit a wall. You know, now they're for example going from the college to the pro rank in whatever their sport is, and now it's a whole new game. Have you ever had that type of a client and what are those challenges? look like in regards to others you know, who just need that self-belief?
12: There's different challenges at every, at every level. The challenges are different like when you work with a professional athlete when you work with other kinds of like I, I do work with some MMA athletes, I work with football players, there are different walls that they face and a lot of it is the media. A lot of it is the pressure like all of a sudden they've got money And all of a sudden, so it's like there's lots of different issues that are ongoing. One of the ones, like when I was working, doing some work with Utah Jazz, one of the things that the issues that we faced were not Jeff come in and make us focus better. It was Jeff come in and help us with our marriage or family Mm -hmm. or relationship challenges or, you know, the expectations and the, the wives all clicks and there's if you're not fitting in and so
4: it's like i did a lot of that kind of stuff
2: tim and tom
4: i hear a lot of debate now too about the you know modern dating who pays now right and everybody's like the man should still pay or you know no it needs to be split every time or whatever and and what's what are your thoughts on any or it some should of that? be
3: split it should be split look and this is going to a bigger issue. And I like where we're going now. Cause yeah. this is going to be fun. Cause yeah. we might get some trouble here. Uh, you, it should be split. Hey women, if you want equal pay in the workplace, then you better have equal pay on the dates because yeah. if you're going to be making the same as me and I'm paying for everything on our dates, yes. well, that ain't fair.
4: I agree with the core principle of that. There are a few caveats that I think, I think one, whoever did the asking or the requesting on the first date generally, might offer to pay.
3: Well, yeah. Yeah. Right? If you're saying, I let want me take, to take you out. You, to a, right. 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 Um, so I'm saying like, I want to take you out, but like, let's use the example of Emily and I, cause right. Emily and I met on a blind date through a mutual friend okay. In that instance, and using that away from me and her, but if it's just two generic strangers that are meeting up through a blind date, I think it should be split. Of now course. I chose to not do that because I wanted to be a gentleman and yada, 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 but going to the bigger picture Hey, if you want equal pay, then we better have equal pay outside of this workforce. And Uh, that's when, you know, these things need to change.
4: I have talked to my wife about that prospect too. She's on the thing of, she's a very uh, contemporary woman. If she were out dating... She said, yeah, the same kind of scenario, right? Like if somebody asks, hey, can I take you out? You're probably going to assume <laughs> that they're going to be offering to pay. But if it's like you said, there's a blind date or we met up on match or whatever, right? And you're like, hey, let's take exactly, a place. Yeah. Then you're going to say, I'm going to go into it expecting, or this was her, was her words, I'm going to go into expecting it's a split. And I'm going to be somewhat a little upset if the guy keeps going, no, 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 I want to, no, I want to pay. I'll be like, oh, well, maybe I don't want to be with this guy. Right. She's of the type like, Hey man, I got this. You know what I mean? Like I agreed to meet you out here. Like we're cool. Exactly.
3: Yeah. If it's, if it's part of the, I'm taking you to this place. So for example, Hey, we've been talking through social media sites and stuff like that. Maybe we know each other through uh, friends, things like that. And I'm saying I want you to come with me to maybe my event, right? So, like, let's say I'm into zip lining, or let's say I'm into pro wrestling, or whatever the you know that thing is. Well, then yeah, it's I'm displaying this form of entertainment for you. So yeah, I will pay. But again, the mutual agreed, hey, let's both try this kind of at the same time, neutral site thing. Well, split it half and half because, hey, men are making the more money to pay for these dates. And also, here's the other thing. Let's go into these flights and boats and stuff. You know, I don't like when they say women and children out first. What do you think? Like if I'm drowning, I drown less fast because I'm a man? No, I drown just like a, a, a woman. So what, what's with that? Huh? Look at how red your face is for those with the enhanced radio. If you could see how red your face is, I like
4: this. Tom, a couple things that we got to touch on.
3: here. Right? Hey, but look, <laughs> Hey, right. When the Titanic was sinking and everyone was getting on the boat, who was getting on first Good. women and children?
4: Yes. The idea with that stemmed from <laughs> let's get the kids on the boat. And then, then traditionally the women took care of the children Get them out of here so they're safe, and then if we can make it safe, we'll get there. Right? Is no, the idea?
3: 2018. I can take care of a family too. I went off.
4: Well, the, hey, man. You know, I'm, I'm not going to knock say, you on that. I'm going to knock let's, on that one because yeah, if you're, if you, yes, if the idea is get the kids on there, and then it's one of us. I mean, that's you to be selfish or selfless. I mean, that's you know, that's each individual person's choice. Now, men are making more. To be able to pay for all these dates, in no way, (laughs) in no way, could explain the difference in in pay equality. Well,
3: that's why we got to make all the money, so we got to pay for all the dates.
4: That's it, huh? That's the whole. That's been the whole thing the whole time. That's the
3: whole reason. Yep, that's the whole reason we're keeping them down Uh, is so
2: that we can take them on dates. Tim and Tom.
3: Let's get on and uh, get out of here because I want everyone to listen to this Tim from Integrated Roadways interview because it is really cool. I'm telling you, this is one of the cooler interviews that we have done with Tim and Tom. I honestly, I wrote a little backstory behind the curtain as it as it is. Uh, I wrote to Tim. I was like, this interview is incredible. I like yeah. it was it was insane. So we'll stop wasting your time. After the uh, other side of the break, we will get to Tim. Not that Tim, the other Tim from Integrated Roadways. Integrated Roadways. For those of us who don't know exactly what this is, tell us a little bit about the company.
11: Integrated Roadways' mission is to make roads pay for their own existence by transforming them into data and connectivity corridors for next generation vehicles you know most people don't really think too much about that need right now but the next generation of vehicles needs a internet service provider the same way that your phone does or your computer does And so we provide those services in a way that enables the road to actually pay for its own existence so that when you're in your new connected car, autonomous car, you can drive on brand new, high-quality roads that are built using the current state-of-the-art in construction materials, design, and all of the other advancements that we've had in both physical construction and digital services over the last 60 years or so
4: this is just an impressive concept overall i was thinking you know when i was researching your company and then reaching out to you guys for an interview i just thought this is an amazing thought because i've always wondered like how could we get internet access to places everywhere what would that take infrastructure wise Mm -hmm. and then it kind of hit me that we are uh, we already have this kind of laid out network of roads everywhere if and then it just hit me well yeah if we could integrate this stuff into the roadways we already have the paths so I, how do you mm-hmm. how does one just get into this are you sitting around with a eureka moment like that also or is this something like you were you thought <laughs> how am i going to how am i going to you know help driverless cars what what was the genesis of this
11: well that is probably a story too long for a podcast, but I did have a eureka moment around, oh, 20 years ago when I saw that the Federal Highway Administration was uh, investing in autonomous cars and upgrading roads to enable autonomous cars. And then they killed the program and everybody just kind of forgot that it existed. And then 15 years later, all these automakers start talking about We're going to build autonomous cars, and they didn't have any sort of plan for the maps, the connectivity, the navigation, the obstacle avoidance. They just kind of said, well, let's throw a bunch of cameras on the car and not worry about how much the car costs, and we'll just kind of figure it out and make it work. That's not really, uh, you know, the right way to go about things. So anyway, it, it just... It was a realization from a very long time ago that matched with uh, you know, the state of the art in, in autonomous cars and filled a massive need that nobody else seemed to be addressing.
2: Tim and Tom.
11: I
3: had a bit of an embarrassing moment, but only for me. I shared with you this off-air a few days ago, and I guess we'll just share it with the listeners. So I guess... Here, here's my question to you and the audience, and then I'll share what the embarrassing story was. Have you ever, with your significant other, whether that's a wife, uh, husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, however it is, uh, like? The celebrity, you know, crushes like, oh, you know, you're my girl, you're my guy, but I really like this celebrity. It, it's Here's my it's
4: three. uh right. the, the idea is, I get to do whatever with any of these celebrities, and you can't say anything. That's my list. And
3: right. Exactly. Right. It's that. It's that. They're they're not really. F- People, uh, they're celebrities, so it's fun. Right? Ah, look at them on the TV, right? Let's right. just name a few that we, we, we like a lot, right? Yeah. So me and Emily were doing that a, yeah. several months ago, and I just happened to say Abby Eden yeah, from yeah. Fox 4 News, yeah, right? I was yeah. like, oh, Abby She's, I just, oh, uh, right. Yeah. She's so cute. Just look at her. I just, I just want to give her a hug. I just want to give her a hug. I just want her to read me the best news stories of the day. That's all. <laughs> uh, you yeah. i like, That's, right. of yeah, right. of course, you know, look at her. It's Abby yeah. and she's so nice and she reads the news so well. Okay. So that was several months ago. Let's uh, fast forward to this week. And, uh, as you guys know, who have uh, listened to multiple episodes, I work a 10 to seven shift right now at my current job. So what I do is I run in the morning and I run in the morning at planet fitness because all I need is a treadmill. Let's not try to act like I'm going to pay more money for a treadmill when I can get it for $10 a month. I'm at Planet Fitness and I'm running and I'm just enjoying my day. Just do, 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 you know? And in the morning, there's not a lot of people there. Enough to, you know, not feel awkward, but it's not packed. Right, right. And so there's plenty of options to jump on a treadmill on either side of me and in front of me because I'm on the back row at this time. I notice someone gets onto the treadmill next to me as I'm running. And who is it?
7: It's Abby Eden.
3: (laughs) And so she has no idea of this conversation. (laughs) But to me, this is Abby Eden who reads me the morning news. used to be the late news, uh, evening news, but now it's the morning news. And so I'm like, okay, keep your heart rate down. Focus on the running.
4: Don't don't trip on the treadmill. Don't trip. Don't stare. You know, obviously you don't want to get
3: kicked out of a gym.
4: Uh-huh. but here, you're here already she already sweating so you're cool there right,
3: exactly so yeah I, I, I at least pass with that but here she is <laughs> now i didn't do anything obviously i awkwardly said hello after about i want to say 15 to 20 seconds of running because i was like i realized who it was i processed it kept running a little bit and then i was like well i might look over and glance so i might as well just say hi so i looked over and glanced, and i said hi and she's like hello the entire run was just me going like, don't look at her. Keep uh, running. Don't look at look her. forward. Uh-huh. Now flex.
4: She, flex. Yeah. Right? Flex.
3: <laughs> now she was with a friend or, yeah. or a relative. I'm not sure. sure. Very pregnant. Very oh, pregnant. Okay.
0: Right, right,
3: right. Uh, and just, you know, talking about her day. I could have not even been there and it wouldn't affect it either way. So there I am just running and I was like, I don't know what to do, but why? I don't need to do anything. I have a wonderful girlfriend, and I do. She's amazing. So one of those celebrity crushes I ran into, and I love how people are always like, "Well, you know what I would do? <laughs> you know what you would really do? You do what I would do, and just go don't stare." Right? And yeah, you go doing your your thing, and you,
4: man, you would respectfully but awkwardly say hello, and that would be it.
3: Yeah, and then you would text your friend. And your girlfriend about the current situation, and hope that you don't have a heart attack.
4: Yeah, man, you can't go local on your what celebrity hall pass? Do I, I get? Watch,
3: <laughs> I watch a lot of local news. Like I watch a local. Lot.
4: It's supposed to be this far off person who doesn't really exist in your life. Abby Eaton shops at the same Hy-Vee you do, man. You can't do that. I didn't know that. I let
3: Abby Eaton get things delivered to her. She has her own home gym. What is she doing at a plane of fitness? You know, it's really on her. She shouldn't have
11: been there. This really
3: is her fault. This is all her fault. So really, what happened this week is I was persecuted for no good reason.
4: Oh, you got persecuted.
3: Yeah, and I was I was mentally distraught because of a celebrity who chose to take it upon herself to invade my privacy.
4: Especially right after your two year anniversary. I mean that's pretty disrespectful. You know? And that is so disrespectful. Yeah. And
3: she listens. She knew.
4: Oh, she knows. Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. no.
3: <laughs> I don't think I've ever shared that. But yeah. No. So <laughs> I, Yeah. So how <laughs> did so but how yeah. did
4: Emily take that? Was she like mm hmm?
3: She just goes, "Uh, when are you going to work? And I was like, I'm going to
4: work soon.
3: Yeah, yeah. it it went fine. It went smooth, swimmingly, as as they
4: say.
2: Tim and Tom.
4: All right, Tom, I did a lot of stuff this weekend, um, a lot of fun. You never have any fun. So what would you suggest to yourself to go have some fun?
3: Well, this week's theme of events for Tim and Tom is music, because we all love music. If you don't love music, listen to NPR. But if you do love music, then go to these events. Let's kick it off with the and,
4: first one. And listen one. to NPR on the way there.
3: Yeah. well, we kick it off with the first one.
4: All this,
3: right. one of the OGs, one of the best bands of all time. June 22nd at the Crossroads KC, four seventeen East 18th Street, Kansas City, Missouri. We got Bone Thugs and Harmony.
7: Uh,
4: Bone thugs, man, just take me back. You know, like it just you back to when you were cool, right? I mean I'm still cool, but you know, you you get it. The rest of you get it. You know, oh they yeah. you back to your youth and you just I mean at least our youth I don't know they're just they were smooth how could you not listen to that and be in the groove and feel like yeah yeah I'm, I'm down cool ready to do whatever let's go
5: first
11: of
3: all love it. abs. Absolutely love Bone Thugs and Harmony. Always been a fan of their music, so just chill out. Yeah, I mean they get aggressive and they get sad. Like they have different tones to their music, but generally speaking, it's very hey. Let's just vibe and listen and enjoy our company. That's I love it. Love Bone Thugs and Harmony, and one of the first ones to like uh make money off of the fast rap style right so you had buster rhymes uh actually opening up for him is twista he was another one later after bone Thugs and army but they were the first ones mm. to take this fast rap style and say we're going to make a lot of money off of it so yeah great to see him in here again that's gonna be Friday at 7 o'clock June 22nd Bone Thugs in Harmony with the opening act of Twista
4: yeah, and they, they were one of the first that like kind of blended a style you didn't get this like multi singing group that was also uh, gangster rap you know what I mean like it was right. one of these where it was like oh that's kind of a bending of, of genres here
3: yeah that's love cool. them they're yeah. great they're great now let's switch it up again we're keeping with music theme Monday, June 25th. Oh. Doors open at 6 p.m. Get your mullets out and your yeah. tight wranglers because we got Journey with Def Leppard, boy!
11: Living in a lonely lonely world. World. She took the midnight train Go me Just a
7: city and
4: one, it's got to be like the tight curls on sleeveless tee, fanny pack. Oh yeah, maybe,
3: maybe I some just soups. think of yeah, I just think of skinny white guys doing curls while Rocky's in the background.
4: Yeah, yeah, there's gonna be like a tied headband, right? The headband's yep. tied, not like the elastic kind.
3: Steve Perry. I love the movie Basketball because anytime they did their free throw shot, you would yell Steve Perry and they would miss it. And I've done that ever since. Anytime someone shoots a free throw, I go Steve Perry and they'll miss it. And maybe not, but I love it.
4: of his coolness, right? Like, this is when he was in high school. uh, You know what I mean? When you're in high school, you're top of the world, right? Like, that's how you feel. That's how cool you feel at the time, right? You're like like you feel like you know everything in the world you've got everything figured out the whole world's in front of you you've you're smart you're good you know what I mean like all these things right like that's when you feel invincible right and that's oh yeah that's what this feels like right that takes it like that's what that was his deal was Def Leppard poison that kind of stuff yeah I grew up thinking that stuff was god awful I don't know. <laughs> oh I love
3: it I love it and their drummer Rick Allen uh-huh. had one arm one arm yeah
4: automobile accident right and then they like yeah i I think so yeah i think they fashioned this drum set for him
3: one arm yeah that's incredible one arm
4: yeah one arm that
3: isn't some god they were so cool that was one thing that was hard during the 2014 world series when we were playing san francisco because steve perry going back to journey steve perry during the seventh inning stretch during the world series would go into the crowd and (laughs) sing that song while everyone sang with them. And I was like, God, that's so cool to be a Giants fan. But, you know, I was a Royals fan. Well, so I rooted on the Royals. Sure. Um, but, yeah, they were so cool. And, and they also had Daniel Bryan cheering them on. They were such a cool fan base. Uh, anyhow, but, yeah, June 25th, they're coming to Kansas City. Journey and Def Leopard Sprint Center. Woo! Uh, and if you want tickets, go to ticketsforless.com. All right. Now, staying with the music. Let's switch it up to some edm-esque it's not really edm to where you're gonna uh you know headbang and then the beat's gonna drop but it's good melodic uh electronic based music it's gonna be the glitch mob at crossroads kc tuesday june 26th at 7 p.m Yeah, you know, I got an idea. We should use this as our theme. I bet you no one's ever done that before.
4: Yeah, nobody probably has ever done that, especially for, like, say, I don't know, it might work well for a pro wrestling podcast.
3: Maybe Mm -hmm. in its early Mm -hmm.
4: days. Maybe in its early days, though.
3: Yeah. Definitely has a good beat for it. Hey, but they're really good. I tell you what. I I discovered them through uh, a running mix on Spotify. Mm Mm-hmm and i heard that song and i was like this is a really good song and i looked at my phone while i was running and i was like i'm gonna look into this band <laughs> and then i found more songs that i liked of them really good like i said it's not that edm like boom 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 right yeah it's not that but it's <laughs> right but if you pop that back up it's a lot of that melodic steady groove electronic
9: yeah
4: Slow groove dance to this. Yeah, I mean, like you, can, yeah, right.
3: Almost like the, almost like a, uh, almost like a chilled out version of the Chemical Brothers, if you remember the yeah, Chemical like Brothers. Yeah, <laughs> really good stuff there. All right, now let's keep it going. And here's the last event for the week, June 28th. That's a Thursday night at 8 p.m. at the Uptown Theater. One of the most influential current bands going on. In music, it is the Flaming Lips.
4: flaming lips are hot right now man
3: well they're really great I tell you what if you want to talk about current alternative music they're almost the the trendsetters to what you hear on 96.5 The Buzz or whatever alternative station you, know, you live in uh, bands like the Mowgli's Uh, They're influenced by them. They put on a great show. The lead singer will get into one of those inflatable balls and run across the crowd as he's singing. It's a great show. It's at the Uptown Theater, which is a fantastic venue for music. They're going to give you 110%, uh, not 112, but 110%. And uh, it's a fantastic, fantastic band to see live. So let's review real quick, if you don't mind. Again, we got June 22nd, Bone Thugs and Harmony at the Crossroads KC. That's a Friday night, 7 p.m. Then Monday, June 25th at the Spritz Center, we've got Journey and Def Leppard. Then moving forward, June 26th at the Crossroads KC. Crossroads got a lot of great bands uh, coming through. It's going to be the Glitch Mob. And again, that show starts at 7 p.m. on a Tuesday night. And then on Thursday, June 28th, one of the most influential alternative bands,
4: the Flaming Lips at the Uptown.
2: Tim's favorite.
4: All right, Tom, the World Cup is upon us. You've obviously, I'm sure you've seen... things about it here and there you probably saw mexico beat germany you probably saw at least the the big headlines coming out of the world cup right yeah (laughs) all right yeah i have well (laughs) a a thing that goes synonymous with soccer especially soccer overseas is wild fandom
3: right oh of course yeah that's one of the main reasons why i want to travel abroad is just go to an international soccer game because those fans are incredible
4: yeah, uh, and, you know, to get that rowdy, uh, sometimes, you know, you need a little help, right? You got to have a little uh, substance in you, maybe some, uh, you know, let's say, let's face it, a lot of alcohol in you, right? Liquid courage. Mm-hmm. Well, the World Cup, it's in Moscow, right? Ugh. Russia. Well, let me Yuck. tell you, here's the headline on CNBC, right? The cnbc.com. Moscow runs low on beer necessities for thirsty World Cup fans, right? Beer-guzzling soccer fans risk drinking bars and restaurants in the Russian capital dry, with some saying they are running low and having to wait longer than usual for fresh supplies. Moscow has been transformed by the World Cup with singing, chanting, and beer-swilling fans overwhelming some of the packed bars and restaurants around the Kremlin and the Red Square. Quote, We just didn't think they would only want beer, said one waiter at an upscale eatery in central Moscow who asked not to be identified for fear of scaring off future customers. The waiter said his restaurant ran out of draft lager on Monday and deliveries are taking longer than usual, at least 24 hours because supplier stocks are running so low. Quote, there are really a lot of people in Moscow and they are all drinking. It's hot and it's football. Beer sales in Russia have fallen by around a third over the past decade on the back of rising duties and tougher rules on sales and advertising. And brewers had not been expecting a major reversal of this trend this year. This guy was talking about his restaurant again. He says, the sun makes them thirsty. In Russian, we say to the bottom, I like that these guys are embracing our culture. (laughs) So They're running them out of beer out there in Russia. Well, I mean,
3: you know, when you go to a soccer game and it's 0-0 zero, zero, and then you leave the soccer game and it's 0-0, zero, zero, you might as well get drunk during the time. That won't happen uh, there. That won't happen there. Well, won't but I'm saying that's at least the goal, right? Like, if you're going to go, you might as well get drunk so yes. you can remember what the score was. Uh, and, and so, yeah, credit to them. I well, like no, it it's that Drink it's beer. that
4: you can get super drunk and still be able to count the score because it's yeah. so low. You saw me. Two to one, man. <laughs> Two to one.
2: Tom's favorite.
4: All right, here's
3: my favorite thing of the week, and this is in response to how stupid some people are, specifically the former right both, no, the former bow Time wearing double dork. Tucker Carlson, who alluded to the fact that you should only be watching and listening to Fox News sponsored news because anything else is part of the deep state and you should be afraid. Well, Seth MacFarlane of Family Guy, American Dad, Cleveland Show, those types of shows, responded. And he responded with his paycheck or with his uh, pocketbook and with a good deed. So, to combat fake news, which is Fox News, and I don't care if you disagree, you can suck it from the back. From the back. Seth MacFarlane donated $2.5 million to NPR and its local LA station, KPCC, after the tweet from Tucker Carlson. So, credit to Seth MacFarlane to fight the fake news and to do something that actually shows monetary benefit
4: credit to Seth McFarland. That is awesome. And Seth, I know you're also listening. Uh Tim and Tom also do not spread fake news and we encourage people to listen to other news sources as well. So if you got if you're still feeling charitable.
3: Yeah. Now, Seth, I will let you know we do not fact check, but we do not spread fake news.
4: Right. And we uh, it, it would help honestly.
3: Hey, we like family guy.
4: We like it. Yeah, Stewie
3: uh, Brian, I like it. I yeah, have a couple of family Guy. Of course, me Back too. in his heyday. Especially, now it's you
4: know. Well, especially if he's going to give us money. All right. Tom, <laughs> well, this yeah, is-
3: credit to Seth MacFarlane. Donates $2.5 million to NPR. I can't stress enough. Listen to NPR. Read the Associated Press. Listen to Tim and Tom. You do those three things, it's the, it's the holy trinity of news information. That's all you need. NPR, AP, Tim and Tom. There you go. That's do it. it rinse, repeat, that's all you need in your life keep on doing it donate to NPR, donate to your local NPR station, donate to Tim and Tom donate to Tim and Tom go to some music shows have fun, live your life be compassionate to other people, we're all humans we all have our issues, life sucks when we're alone, be friendly to each other, give someone a hug smile at someone
2: handshake with a firm grip be a nice person that's all you got to do. Tim and Tom.
4: All right, Tom. We had a fun episode. Uh, go back and listen to some of those back episodes if any of those piqued your interest, and we will be back next week. That's all I got to say with more Tim and Tom.
3: Fun fact, unfaithful men tend to have lower IQs. I get
11: to work from Owen, get to like a Seminole.
1: I got what you need. If
6: you look at for the bug, if you look looking for
3: the beat,
6: tell them I
2: got what you need. If you're your for, you for the sauce, if you look looking for the heat, know that I got what you need. Tim and Tom.